something up like that. Have we got your attention? and the other masters. Welcome, grave diggers, to the podcast by the cemetery. Tonight is our sword and sorcery episode, where we will be discussing Conan the Barbarian and Conquest. I, Mako, Conan's chronicler, sit next to Tim, the wizard, and Scott, the fool. What's up? So, grab your swords and let your crown rest on a troubled brow, and let me tell you of the days of getting high adventure. Oh, God. That was beautiful. (laughs) Yep. In one take. Perfect. Fuck you. (laughs) Well, hey, everybody, welcome back. It's been a while, and it's good to actually sit down and do this again. Yeah, you wouldn't believe how difficult it is to get three grown men in a room together. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for those sex parties. Well, that those are easier to get a hold of. Uh, yeah, I would show up for that. Oh, okay. Man, what you guys been up to lately? <sighs> Holy shit, like lots of stuff, man. Yep, don't even know where to begin, so how do you? <laughs> uh, I haven't done a whole lot. I've just been working mostly. I uh, went down to the North End Soup Kitchen in Flint and did the monthly volunteer that we do with where I work down there. That was cool. Oh, so you do that every month? Yeah. Well, the first time I did it was last month, but I'm going to try to do it every month. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's cool. I uh, My friend Morgan's birthday was this weekend, and I went to Old Town Lansing to this bar called The Grid. They had a bunch of arcade games and pinball machines. Oh, yeah, it was the barcade, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very cool. They had, like, Flash Gordon, X-Files, Terminator 2... Yeah, Star Trek I, pinball machines. and I just got so like jealous when I seen you taking pictures of that place. I'm just like, oh, I fucking want to go there so bad. Yeah, it was very cool. But, I mean, I guess uh, Flint's getting one sometime here next year. So they like, say. Downtown Flint somewhere. Oh, a barcade? Yep. Yeah, it's going to be next to the Capitol. That's pretty say. cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that because I'll definitely check it out. That little downtown area has really come back, like Buckham Alley and... Saginaw first and like the farmers market and all that shit. Right. So. Yeah, it, like un- unfortunately, a lot of the surrounding area is still a bunch of shit. But well, it is Flint. Yeah, I'll say at least we're starting to get some nice things there. And that was for you, Court. <laughs> You're never gonna live that down, Court. Just, just to let I you just, know. I just give up on editing him out anymore. He just does them so many times. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> there aren't that many. Uh, at least three. Now I'm gonna do more. Do it. Do it hard. I shouldn't have challenged him. <laughs> I'm going to get Mako back in here, and he's going to do some, too. I want to see you burp with a different voice. <laughs> I don't know did, if that... Can you burp you with an accent? That? Yeah, why not? Yeah, I don't think so. You can, you can do anything else with that. Has anybody else done anything interesting or fun? Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't think I have, really. I've. It's the holidays. I work retail, so I haven't even had a chance to breathe outside of, you know, a few times. 
Yeah, pretty much since Red Dead Redemption 2 came out, I've just kind of become a hermit. Yeah, and we'll talk about that. That's a fun one. Yeah, you're going to get to that later. Yeah. But that's pretty much... That's Whoa, it. easy up there. Whoa, Whoa there. Hold your, your horses or whatever. Uh-huh. Rolling so fast. So yeah, sorry about taking so long to edit the last episode. Like I said, retail work, life sucks. Don't have expectations of us. Fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're just going to be sporadic with our releasings. I was, we were wanting to originally do bi-weekly. Yeah, but do you want quantity or do you want quality? They're not getting either from us. Yeah, yeah. well, no. no that's okay. You'll get a low... That's accurate. Quantity of... With good sound. Bad quality. Yeah. That sounds good. It's not terrible. But yeah, I'll say, I think from here on out, we're just going to be sporadic with it, because <laughs> right now it's coming into holidays, so yeah, Tim will be extremely busy. It's going to be probably a lot harder for us to get together, but... Yeah, the roads are going to be fucked, weather's going to be shit, like, we might have a, a podcast scheduled and we might get an ice storm that day, so who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, so we're going to... At least try to get at least one more episode out, like one or two more episodes out before, before the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens, I guess. <laughs> Only about four weeks left of the year, really. I know. I, that, that's uh, just insane. It's gone way too freaking so fast. So this, this episode will probably come out after the new year if everything continues on <laughs> <Right>. a normal <laughs> trend. Oh, so happy new year then, yeah. guys. <laughs> right. Just in case. Merry cover, Christmas and happy new year. Cover our bases, Whatever. everybody. Just mention every holiday between now and President's Weekend, and I'll edit it <laughs> to make sure it's the right one. Hey guys, happy 4th of July. It's been a while. Hey, happy Halloween. It came around again already. <laughs> but yeah, I guess uh, we. I'm going to skip the news because, you know, there's been a lot of news, but it's all kind of old news at this point because, you know, it's been so long. So You, I, you guys can read the your news yourself. Yeah, well, I, I share interesting news pieces to our podcast page. And the the newest not- news that I can think of that's still pertinent is that Nicholas Rogue died. Yeah. The guy that oh, directed yeah. Don't Look Now and, and the witches. Eureka and and yeah, so and someone else actually just died. Stan today, Lee too. just died. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Bernardo that. Bartolucci just died. And then uh, today, someone passed uh, from Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. Uh, Roy's son. Oh yeah, the Franklin or yeah, whatever. His name. Or, yeah, no, yeah, not, not Franklin, Franklin, but like I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I, oh well, God, it's gonna. Come he's to only me. in it for like two minutes, but right? <laughs> I can, like, picture the girls yelling at him for getting chocolate all over the sheets. Shit. Yeah. Well, how would you get chocolate on his... Oh, man. Because he's he was, a special. He was, like, retarded, and he had chocolate on his hands. Oh. He's also the guy that's uh, rumored oh, yeah, to... I remember that. Okay. But that's how you feel about it. Forget it. <laughs> he gets the axe to the back. But I think you're really out of line. <laughs> Joey. Yeah, there we go. That's it. Funny thing is, uh, I'll be talking about that movie too, so I can't believe I can't remember his name. Huh. That's a good one. But, so uh, we're just gonna jump right into that. What have you been watching? Well, yeah, we, I mean, sure. I yeah. mean, we really don't have much else. I'm because yeah. honestly, I, I was gonna say I'm going to uh, probably just cut out the news segment from here on out, just because eh, it's, unless there's something like extremely important that needs to be brought up, I'm just thinking I'll just leave that out and we'll just yeah. People probably fast forward through you reading the news. Probably. Yeah. I'd fast forward through me if I was me. All right. Well, I'll start what I've been watching. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> I kind of started this whole. Oh, wait. That's right. We're waiting for those. Okay. So I watched uh, Knights of Terror <laughs> Burial Ground again for the, I don't know, goddamn billionth time because it's one of the best fucking movies ever made. And it smells of death and it's wonderful. And you know what I'm talking about, right? 
Knights of Terror Burial, burial Ground. Is it just bur- like burial known as Ground. Burial Ground? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've never actually seen it, but I know oh, like, I know what? the cover and everything. What? Yeah, it's great. It's so good. It's like a total sleazy bloodbath with like random nudity and violence and the zombies look cool and different. Yeah, Cuz aren't they almost like mud looking like they're sort of kind, kind of, of like the the Fulci style zombies mixed with like the uh Plague of the Zombies, Hammer Zombies a little bit. <clears throat> but like yeah, the curse the blah, curse of the black spider, living dead, people trapped in a giant sprawling manor, weird Creepy incest. All right, it's right up my alley. Violence. <laughs> they have this uh, little dude named Peter Bark. He's an adult actor, and he's playing a child. <laughs> and they re- the reason they did that is because like there's a scene where he like bites his mom's titty off, and oh well, now yeah, you can't just have some kid actor doing that. No, so you probably shouldn't. No, I mean, no, no. If you haven't seen that movie, it's <laughs> I like highly, highly recommend it. It's one of the coolest zombie movies ever made. Because yeah, I think it might be on Shutter, so I may have to watch down there. I was looking to get the Blu-ray, but the Blu-ray I think is either out of print or it's just harder to come by nowadays. I watched Hammer's The Gorgon for the first time in a really long time, and that kind of fits in with this whole fantasy swords and sorcery, sand, swords and sandals theme because you know it's it's a Gorgon, right? Not uh, I can't think of another horror film that used a Gorgon as like the main monster. Gorgon. That one has Lee and Cushing in it. Some really cool effects. The Gorgon monster looks very cool. Um, hmm. I don't know what it is. A Gorgon is basically Medusa. Medusa. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. That's okay. what kind of creature she is. Strange, and I feel like I should have known. <clears throat> I watched Dracula 1979 for the very first time. Somehow I'd never, ever, ever seen that before. The one with Frank Langella and Don- oh, really? Donald Pleasance. Because I don't think I've seen that one either. It was super cool, really cool, uh, lots of good effects. I have no idea why it's rated R, because there's no nudity, and the violence is pretty minimal, and there's no swearing at all, but it, it has an R rating for some reason. Hmm. But it was very cool. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, Lawrence Olivier as Van Helsing. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Pretty impressive cast. Langella. <sighs> I don't know. He was he was an all right Dracula. He wasn't great. He was all right. Um, but like after seeing that, there's like there was stuff that Coppola lifted directly from that for Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, really? Yep. Just certain lines. The old warlike ways are gone. Huh. Uh, I watched. Razorback for the first time in quite a while. I got that on Blu-ray. Is that the one about the uh, killer pig? Yeah, the giant <laughs> wild boar in Australia. Yeah. It's basically it's they call it Jaws on Trotters. Jaws on Trotters. <laughs> uh, it's pretty cool, you know. As as far as those you know Jaws animals run amok killer animal movies like Orca and Alligator and Grizzly and stuff. It's one of the better ones. Nice, right up the same alley though. It was, just, it was the first movie that Russell Mulcahy made the guy that did Highlander. Really? And, like, oh. you could just tell early on that that guy had some fucking talent. So what year is it? Like, 82 or 84. It's pretty early in the 80s. But, uh, lots of really cool atmosphere. I mean, it, it had, like, a lot of the scenes have the look of a gothic horror film. Lots of 
backlight and shadow and mist and like night scenes and stuff. Very cool. Interesting. Lots of good camera work and interesting crane shots and stuff. Hmm. But it was neat. Uh, I'd seen it before, but I hadn't seen it in like, I don't know, close to a decade probably. Yeah, because I've wanted to see that one, but I've never gotten around to it. It was really hard to find for the longest time. Uh, there was like a a Warner archive or some, some, one of the, one of the studios made it one of their archive discs. And that was the only way you could get it for a long time other than like multi-region stuff or whatever. Oh, okay. I rewatched the Red Sin Tower, Fred Vogel's love letter to Night of the Demons. Very cool movie from the guy, like the toe tag, August Underground guy. If you're only familiar with the toe tag and August Underground stuff, then this is like an actual movie. It has a plot, you know. The soundtrack is very cool. It has a lot of Razorback, or not Razorback, has a lot of relapse bands on it, like oh, really? Zeke and Bongzilla, and then like there's Scissor Fight on the soundtrack, and it's pretty cool. Because yeah, I've been wanting to check that one out ever since you like brought up the... You've thing. seen it. Yeah, you and Bill watched it at my house one time in Flint. I swear you did. Maybe not, though. It's been out for a while. Well, if it was at your house in Flint, I was probably really, really, really stoned. (laughs) Yeah, you probably were. (laughs) Because that was back in the day when I smoked all the time. (laughs) I rewatched Hereditary again. Um, I need to rewatch that soon. This was like the fourth time I've seen it. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it's just... It's so great. It hits home on so many levels, and just like Still e- haven't seen it. even after a fourth viewing, there are scenes that made the hair on my arms stand up and shit. Like the the scene the, where the she hair f- on your arms stood up and took a shit. Yeah, <laughs> they stood up and shit all over. And that had to be messy. The scene where she flips the light in the workshop off, and her dead mother oh, is like standing in yeah. the corner. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, like, she's just, she looks so sweet and nondescript, just standing there like a sweet old lady, and it's creepy as fucking hell. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, this is, like, a scene-by-scene, scene. it just oozes dread. It is. Yeah. Like, it's, it's grief and loss, the film. Yeah. So fucked up. <clears throat> uh, I rewatched Blood Rage for Thanksgiving. It's an annual fucking tradition love that for me movie. now. Yeah, it's... That movie is shot, like, way, way, way the fuck up my favorites list. I had only seen it, and it's, like, annoyingly truncated Nightmare at Shadow Woods version up until it came out on Blu-ray through Arrow. So that was, like, that was just, like, a revelation to see it in all of its, like, gory glory. Yeah, because you ended up getting that for me as, like, a birthday gift, I think, or something like that. Something like that, yeah. And I fucking loved it ever since, like. It's just amazing. Instantly, instantly in my top ten slashers after seeing it, and it's like uncut form or whatever. And every time I watch it now, I like it a little bit more. I love it so fucking much. It's just laying waste to like every other holiday slasher at this point. The only holiday slashers that are safe are like Halloween, Black Christmas, and maybe Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, it like it's rivaling Silent Night, Deadly Night, and my Bloody Valentine for me. And I wow, I okay, like, that's saying something. <laughs> utterly worship those movies. Huh. I haven't seen really any of those. You'll probably watch Silent Night, Deadly Night with me sometime before Christmas. I would probably gather. Yeah, seems like something that would happen. So that's everything for me, other than the stuff we're going to talk about collectively. Foreshadowing. All right. So yeah. Um. Well, the first one I'll talk about because I'm sure this will be a little bit of a conversation. Uh, the new Halloween film. 
with uh, the Jamie Lee Curtis returning and everything like that. Oh, you right. actually, you saw that? Yeah, I went to theater and seen it. I think it was opening night. Oh. This is let's tell you how long ago it's been since we recorded. <laughs> I do not care enough to see it in theaters. I will wait until Blu-ray. Yeah, I was I was just too curious and. Yeah, I wanted to see something for the Halloween season, and you know me, I'm obsessed with watching 2018 films right now. <clears throat> right. And I was absolutely uh, happy. I was not, like, blown away. I was just happy how it was. It was exactly what I expected. Nope. Happy's not good enough. Like, I just, I see it as being just silly and pointless. Part 2 already exists, and Part 7 already exists, and Part 8 already exists, and, like, it's just doing the same things that those ones did, but probably better, probably better. I can't discount the fact that it has to be better than 7 and 8. Yeah, yeah. But in a world where Halloween 2 exists, I just don't understand why this needs to be here. Yeah, I don't uh, don't know why they decided to, like, cut everything out. Like, uh, that that part, even when you watch the movie, it still doesn't give a reason why it should. Well, obviously they had to retcon part eight because he kills Jamie Lee Curtis in the first five minutes of that movie. Well, everyone in their mind should retcon part eight. That movie is just fucking garbage. But they could have like, they could have retconned seven and eight and picked up from the, at the end of part three or something, you know? Maybe right. he didn't die in that fucking fire. He is Michael Myers. Right, exactly. And from what I hear, that's how they dispatch him in this movie anyway, so. Mm-hmm. He's fireproof. Oh, well, we're just gonna burn him again. That's not completely cliche. Yeah, but the, let's just burn the monster with fire. I mean, that is my answer to dealing with every monster. That is right, what you that is should what do. You always say, burn them with fire. But like, <laughs> fire helps. Ah. But yeah, the one reason I will say, because you know it's been out long enough, I can say this: that the stupid, the stupid whole cutting out all the other films, they end up uh, doing homages to almost all of them throughout the movie, so it's just That's like, what I hear. So what's the point of cutting them out if you're gonna do that? Hey guys, remember Halloween 3? That's why. Yeah, well, at least Halloween 3, I give that, <laughs> at least said I'm okay. They respect Halloween 3, cool. Uh, and it wasn't like a whole just linger, it was just No, I heard, like a, yeah, you, just some kids walking by in the masks or whatever. Yeah, you, it's like a blink and you miss it type thing. Which is cool. But like, That's fine, but it's just fucking pandering, man. This movie, this is pandering the movie, is what it is. It is. I mean, at the same time, it's a good slasher for 2018, and it, I'm just happy because there is a slasher film in theaters that actually did well. I, yeah. And that's not, like, the Scream generation of style of slashers. Like, this, this one had <sighs> some pretty cool kills, like, Michael was efficiently brutal and... Not a Rob Zombie brutal way, but like in like the shape style brutal, which right. just fit. Hmm. Okay, but uh, yeah, I'll move on from that. And I rewatched uh, Mom and Dad with Nicolas Cage. I still need to watch that. Oh, yeah. dude, the movie's so much fun. Now. I ordered Mandy the other day. Oh, did you? Yeah, I'm really stoked to get that and watch it. You'll yeah. like it. Yeah, that movie I'm is sure trippy I'm as fuck. <laughs> I, I'm probably just gonna love it. Yeah, so. yeah, and uh, but yeah, Mom and Dad is just a blast. I. I don't know if it'll make my top ten or not. We'll see, but it's it is just like a, one of those like just fun watches because Nicolas Cage just chews the scenery up like so much in this. See that everybody? I just said that I'm gonna love a movie that I haven't even watched yet. <laughs> I haven't so seen funny. any trailers for it. And I've, oh, you haven't seen trailers? I've avoided as much shit about Mandy as I have as I could possibly avoid because of everything that I have heard makes it sound so enticing that like I just want to go in blind and be mowed down by how cool it is and that's spoiler there's a girl named mandy oh fuck (laughs) Ah, ruined ruined (laughs) no so that 
So that's for all of the detractors that say that, like, I hate everything. I'm excited <laughs> as fuck to see this movie. I can't wait. Yeah, I, I think you'll <laughs> like this one. It's it's definitely high up there on my list. He's going to hate it. <laughs> Probably now. He's going to watch it and be like, fuck you guys. <laughs> kick, the, kick the ground. Yeah. <clears throat> Damn it. Uh, two other 2018 movies I ended up watching was... These were both just like average, so I don't remember much from them. So that'll tell you how much how good they were. But the Witch in the Window, which was a Shutter exclusive, a lot of people have been raving about this one, and I was fairly bored for most of it. I don't see what the appeal for that film was. I really can't even tell you the story. Besides, a father and son go and uh, are like renovating and working on this house, and there's like a witch in the window. Right. That's- Ooh. About as much as I can remember. <laughs> that sounds spooky. And that's the end. Yeah. yeah. It's a, a it's very short window. film. Dad, is that a witch in the window? Yes, son, I think it is. <laughs> Credits roll. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, the next uh, one I watched was uh, another Shutter exclusive called Terrified, which is kind of funny. There's a Terrifier and a Terrified in one year. Well, yeah. I wonder if they plan that out. Right. Uh, I don't With know. as quickly as these movies are being churned out for s- streaming services, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I don't. There are an almost unbelievable amount of movies that are coming out for each one of these, like between Hulu and Shutter yeah. and Netflix. So yeah. Yeah. No, but Netflix terrifying. alone supposedly did like 80 movies this year or something crazy mm-hmm. like that. Wow. And only probably about five of them are really good. Yeah. yeah, that's not very, that's not good. That's no. not great. But I, they, it's not like they're losing money because we're still paying them monthly for it. I think Netflix is slitting their own throat in a way by doing all of this original programming because a lot of places are distancing themselves from them, it seems, and like pulling. Yeah, I, a lot of them are going to Hulu. A lot of the shows are. I just, I think that a lot of, like, owners, like, of intellectual properties are viewing Netflix as being more of a competition than a benefit anymore. Right. Netflix being so they're getting arrogant. is basically what's happening here. I don't even know about that so much as they're just being too ambitious or just like taking on too much at once or trying to expand too quickly. And I think it's going to maybe be detrimental to them in the long run. Sounds about right. I mean, I hope not, because Netflix does have a lot of cool stuff to it, but, you know, like yeah. you said, you can shoot yourself in the foot if you, like, do this too much. Oh, yeah, it, you know, it could be like a Fall of Rome type thing, get too big too fast and just implode or whatever. Well, yeah. yeah, as soon as some decent competition arises, they'll have a lot to worry about. Somebody who does what they do, but better. Right. And then, uh, but yeah, Terrified was basically a... Uh, Another supernatural, like, it's a, I, forget, I think it was a Argentinian horror film, but it was about, uh, like, supernatural creatures and, uh, or ghosts, and the only thing I can remember is, like, the beginning scene, which made me go, okay, I'm all in if this is how the movie's gonna be, because it was just fucked up. Yeah. And then it just dropped. I'm like, huh. all right, you they shot their load, too. It was, like, premature ejaculation. Yeah, I just... I lost interest right away. Like, here's going to be a cool movie. Ha ha, we got him. Quick, turn up the suck now. Tricked you. And I guess I'll bring this one in here, because, yeah, I'm still... In, I, would, I wouldn't know if I would categorize this as sword and sorcery, but Araminthari, the blacksmith, and the devil. That was T- cool. Yeah, Tim watched that one with me, and that was really impressive. I keep hearing good things about that one. That I'd was like cool. To, I need to watch it. Yeah, well, the one thing I 
I'm happy to say is full prosthetic uh, devil-style demon. Well, there was a penis, yes. Full prosthetic penis. Yes. But no, like, just a man in a giant cost in a demon costume, like, the whole time that's no CGI to him. Just really impressive. Very and, good. Yeah, very, very cool fucking story. I love a guy in a suit, monster versus CGI, so that's that's a big plus. I'm sure they used computers somewhere in there for, like, a proportion. <clears throat> that was, that's was yeah. that been one of the big pleasures of watching all these sword and sorcery movies, is, like, so many dudes in suit monsters. Yeah. yeah. And some of the primitive effects are pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take fucking bad in-camera effects over flashy CGI shit any day. Right. Yeah, that's the same with me. Like, at the... You know, even if it's cheesy, it's still entertaining because it's, you know, hard work has been put in. But uh, I ended up uh, watching some classics because it was around Halloween time. So I watched uh, American Werewolf in London, one of my favorite comedies, horror comedies. Yeah, it's great. The original Halloween, (laughs) one of my all time favorite slashers. Uh, Tales from the Hood, because that anthology is just fucking great. One of the best 90s horror films. Yep, and the best anthology of all, Creep Show, because I got that Scream Factory edition, which looks fucking phenomenal. That's awesome. Though that bullshit with the posters, however, is not cool. Yeah, yeah that just seems to be the, the majority of what happens with their posters from what I see people posting in groups and stuff. Yeah, that's that Scream Factory. More like Scheme Factory. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> nice callback. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, they're actually... Uh, sick burn. Yeah, sick burn. <laughs> Need some aloe for that burn. I but, should trademark that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, they're apparently sending me new lithographs because, you know, I paid extra for the, those fucking posters, so I should get them in good fucking condition. Yeah. Yup, yeah, yup. Yeah. So they, they did say they're sending me some out, so we'll, we shall see if those show up in good condition or not. But oh, yeah. here's hoping. Uh-huh. Sometimes. That is better. That is better. Uh, then I watched the original Evil Dead. Fucking love that. Just yeah, the movie balls rolls. to the wall movie. It's just like a visceral assault on first time viewers. Yeah, it's incredible. And uh, ended up rewatching Death Becomes Her. That's a good one. Yeah, oh, that's, I forgot about that movie. It's pretty fun. Yeah, bought it for like two bucks at a garage sale and decided to rewatch it. Unfortunately, it's the full screen version, but I don't yeah, think they have Yeah, that's not available screen. on widescreen DVD. It doesn't from matter. I've seen. Those, it just, it's just weird. Yeah, it just looks weird, but yeah, it's, it's just a funner all-around movie. It matters to me! Uh, I, ended up, I got a box TV you can have. <laughs> and a Halloween night while I was passing out candy to trick-or-treaters, I was watching Phantasm. It was right. not a background movie, you sack of shit. It is during Halloween for me. I, I, I watch that movie enough to like have it in the background. I'm going to put you in a hole in the ground. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> uh, and then I ended up watching Friday the 13th Part 5 and Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5 for the Horror Coliseum with Kill the Cast. Right. And That's not even really a fair versus, like... No, I mean, the way that Friday they, 5 is one of the best of that franchise, and Nightmare 5 is one of the worst of that franchise. Yeah, but they were going, you know, 1 versus 1, 2 versus 2. They're just, they're just doing that for the franchise, like, all in all. But the way they grade them, like, sometimes you would be surprised, because, like, they're great on special, like, makeup effects, they're great on acting, they're great on the score of the music, right? the movie as a entertainment as a whole. And for me, I think... I gave, like, one out of tens for, like, over half of the categories for uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5. I just hate that movie. It is such it's a It's really boring. boring. It's a slog. 
Yeah, and not enough kills. And Friday the 13th Part 5, just a blast, just right off the bat. Yeah, sleazy, fucking, very over the top, that one. Yeah. And then, I ended up, I think this, or, there's one more, or two more, after this. Dude. Oh my god. I know, right? Ah. Uh, watch Black Dynamite. Dynamite. Oh, Dynamite. Fucking love that movie. Very cool. I think I've seen it once. Very, very, very entertaining. Now and you have hilarious. to watch like all the Dolomite movies and the inspiration for it. Yeah, I, I'm slowly trying to build up a collection of black exploitation. I was happy as hell to find coffee at Disc Replay. <laughs> I have most of those Pam Greer ones. I have all the Dolomite movies. I have like Detroit Five Thousand and or maybe it's Nine Thousand. Is it Five Thousand? Nine Thousand. I can't remember. Hmm. Yeah, I think the only ones I own right now are uh, the black, the both Blackula films uh, and uh, Coffee, because I just don't really find them out in the wild very much. You see them at Disc Replay once in a while. That's where I got all my Pam Greer ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that's where I got Coffee at. Um, then I end, then the last two are ones that Tim watched with me. Oh, let's start with this one. <laughs> Ernest in the Army. Oh, uh, <laughs> I haven't. I haven't not. I don't remember movie anything in a while. about that movie. Yeah, we actually stopped it. Like we were like ten, fifteen minutes towards the end. We're just like, this is yeah. You, you want? You're, we're good. You're good. Okay. So good. <laughs> I was, had had enough of that movie. Yeah, I love Ernest, and he was fun in it. But that movie was uh, that one in Africa and Slam Dunk are like not great no but still jim varney as Ernest, so i will yeah. treasure them forever because <laughs> yep, any any second of on-screen time that we got with that character is is worth it for me right i like i i almost sat through it all the way but i'm just like uh i've seen enough this one's just silly like, oh yeah I mean, they're all silly but but yeah I, that was uh a happy day for me when we watched that because that was the day I picked up the one that has Ernest Goes to Africa, Goes to School, and Ernest in the Army. So that finished off my Ernest collection besides the commercials. Now. Right. And I'm so happy. I'm like, yay! <laughs> uh, and then this one Tim and I watched is Evil is the Night. That oh, was the, something. The porn one. Yeah, this is like an 80s softcore porn like slash sci-fi slash horror. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was probably on Cinemax or Showtime. Like fucking like Embrace of the, the Vampire morning. or something. Yeah, along those lines. Yeah. Like just tons of nudity and really bad acting and... Lots of saxophone music and people like undulating on each other. No, uh, not really. There was more synth music, actually. Oh. <laughs> it's, you should check it out, Randy. Yeah. It yeah. was it was entertaining in a dumb way, but it was entertaining. It sounds like it. It was definitely interesting. But yeah, that is the end of what I've been watching. Uh, Tim and I can talk about uh, what we've been playing. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I got three of them, so I guess I'll start with uh, Call of Cthulhu. Didn't you talk about that last time? No, I was. Uh, I had. To, I was on. I was embargoed. I couldn't talk Ooh, about it. Ooh, he was on an embargo. Yeah, I couldn't speak anything of it until it was available for everybody else to play, and then I could release my review. Mr. Hoity Toity Reviewer yes. guy, he's got an embargo. Look at me, I'm Hoity and Toity. Embargo. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, yeah, I if you are a fan of HP Lovecraft, this game I cannot recommend enough. This was just an incredible story that dives deep into the madness that is, like, the Lovecraftian cult. and I love Hewlett Packard Lovecraft. Hewlett Packard. God damn it. 
No. They make they make good printers. Wrong, 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 wrong. Lovecraft there, Andy. <laughs> but now this is a. Uh, unlike a lot of the Lovecraft games that have come out, that are, oh Hewlett Packard Minecraft. I'm sorry, Minecraft. Yeah, oh my God, that's the one but, where the sheep are blocks. Unlike most of the Lovecraft style games that have come out over like the past like ten twenty years, those are all like high octane action shoot 'em ups that really only show you like Lovecraftian style creatures, but don't really give a good story. Where this one is more just investigative, uh, investigative work trying to figure out what because uh, you go to an a fisher's uh, fisherman island, like an old whaling island. And it's, like, abandoned with, like, a bunch of, like, just creepy... Yeah, no, no Dagon. But, uh, something... Something that would, uh, be reminiscent of something from Dagon. I don't want to say what it is, because I don't want to spoil, because that's, like, towards the end. But, yeah, they... The there's a cult and everything involved with it, and people naturally unaspectlikin culton. Yes, <laughs> and of course mutations happen as you are higher up in the cult, and this and that, and it just this and that. Yeah, this this game was just creepy as shit, but at the same time, just had me hooked from the beginning to end. Sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a you contender. Your computer games. Yeah. <laughs> You calling them a computer game just makes you sound so old. Computer games. Oh, I, that's I actually, fun. I do play some games on my computer, though. Yeah, but do you call them computer games or do you call them PC games? Well, I mean, it's computer. a computer. <laughs> you can call that. Uh, but, yeah, this is actually a contender for Game of the Year for me. That's how much I really enjoyed this one. It was incredible. Um, you know your Game of the Year is just going to be Red Dead or Dumb Shit like everybody else. It's, it's a tough one. But yes, speaking of Red Dead Redemption, Tim and I got to play a bunch of Red Dead Redemption too. Oh boy. What did you think, Tim? That's a fun game, I think. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's got ups, more ups and downs. It's got a pretty clunky control scheme. And clunky? Like, and yeah, it's very like not very uh, precise. Like It's almost... So it's like they just made it as pretty as they could and didn't really worry about the gameplay too much? It plays well enough, but you just don't expect like a very overly precise shooter-type game. Yeah, and yeah, because they didn't really upgrade a lot of the mechanics from Grand Theft Auto V. But your horse will take a shit like right in front of you all the goddamn time. (laughs) Which is hilarious. Hmm. Tim always points it out when I'm playing. He's like, your horse just took a shit. I'm like, sure did. Pooped him. Yeah, this is like almost... Pooped his pants. It's like Westworld the Simulator. Kind of, sort of. Because you can, like, you gotta, like, take care of your horse to get it to trust you and to calm it down when it gets frightened or it'll kick you off. And See? See, this is this is why I stopped playing video games. Because <laughs> so I don't want to have to fucking put the key in the ignition and turn it and put it, the car in drive and then push down on the gas pedal. I just want to, I just want to drive the car. I, don't worry, there are plenty of games like that yeah. still out there. This game is this. basically it's Grand Theft Auto Horse. <laughs> That's funny. But the thing that makes this game just so much fun is, is that you the, can kill clansmen. You can well that too. You can kill anybody, and you get honor points for doing it. I'd kill me some clansmen. But no, the fun thing about this is just the massive In real life. I would too. But the fun thing is just this massive open world that you can just explore. Like, I haven't even done, like, a story mission in probably the last 15 hours of gameplay. You just been I, exploring the open world? or Yeah, just wandering and finding cool shit that tells, like, 
some things you'll just walk into a cabin and it'll tell its own story just by walking in there because of the things that have happened. Has anyone said what in tarnation yet? What yes. in tarnation? Yes, there has. All right. Game complete. Yep. And uh, But one and, of the things... You can, you can pet dogs. Yeah, you can pet dogs. You can you can kick the dog, I think. That's not very nice. Can you shoot the dog? Yeah, sure. you, you can. That's you can run it over. Fucked up. Scott, what'd you do to Jesus your first horse? Christ. What did I... Oh, I lost it. You shot your first horse. Oh, yeah. I didn't mean to. I, I got attacked. I got ambushed, and I ended up jumping off the horse because I was like, "I'm going to save my horse because if I'm on it, I'm going to get get it shot to death." And, and I pulled the trigger, and horse. the horse was right in front of me, and shot it through the chest and killed him. Like, fuck. <laughs> good job. Yep, you're but, doing a good job. But no, uh, like even like when you go hunting, like it makes you feel things because I, Fingers if you shoot a uh, deer and you don't get a like direct shot, like a kill shot on it. It will like run away and then fall to the ground and start screaming and you gotta go over and like slit its throat. And I'm like, oh like I felt absolutely horrible the first couple of times and then I'm going, Oh god, I'm so sorry. Oh shit. <laughs> but uh oh, <coughs> I don't want to slit its throat. Can you just shoot dying. it again? Well I mean you could, but it just because oh. well, 'cause if you shoot it, you damage the pelt, which will not cost as much money. And that's why you're kinda hunting. But um one of the things that I do love about this game is you can kind of create your own fun, which is what I did, because I found these uh, masks uh, that this one person was selling, and one of them was a metallic uh, skull mask. So I was Metallica like, skull mask? Yeah, Metallica skull mask. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. They had Metallica then? Yeah. But no, I, uh, I'd get the mask, and then I'd throw on like all black clothing, and then wander the city late at night, and wait for drunks to wander outside of the bar and then i'd stalk them and like force them to run away from the town into the woods and then i'd stab them relentlessly and then bring their body back to the town drop it in the middle of the road then leave <laughs> and i just kind of became a serial killer because i do that every single night now <laughs> just for fun as soon as it turns nighttime i go and do that or i'll get a lasso and I'm, while i'm riding the horse and i'm riding at night i'll pull out the lasso lasso somebody and drag them behind me while i'm riding the horse <laughs> Well, I don't now. know if this game is good for you. Yeah. Yeah. I have a little too much fun with my darker side, okay? Local <laughs> animals are going to start disappearing, and then children are going to be like, it's him. And uh, we wrapped the horses. Well, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say this one, even though I'm afraid to admit it, but I even uh, came across a dude that had kidnapped a woman and had her hog tied on the back of a horse. So I shot him dead, got her off the horse, walked her while she was still hog tied out into the woods, and then stabbed her a bunch and left her out there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, dear Christ. Lord. Like I said, like once it gets dark, my dark side comes out. Oh Cause... man, I, he's he's my roommate. I'm gonna die. <laughs> I'm gonna wake up all hogtied, and... right? Like what's going on? Oh, we're no. playing Red Dead Revenge. We're larping. <laughs> well, no. and I wanna I wanna eventually hogtie someone and throw them in front of a train track and just watch for a train and stand there and like curl your mustache. Yep. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that this game is just a blast. Like. The online component hasn't even come out yet, which that's supposed to be sometime this week, so we'll see how so, that goes. Yeah, by but... the time this episode's out, it'll be out. In yeah. fact, the beta's already started. Yeah, the beta started yesterday, I believe. I read things, but it's probably not indicative of the actual finished product. Right. But, yeah, I, and I know I kind of took over that, but do you have anything else to say about Red Dead, Tim? Um, yay! The man yeah, of few yeah. words. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I've been enjoying it Banana whenever I get to words. play it. Um, Banana Fjord. Have played Fjords. it in a while though. I, I picked up Fallout seventy six just yeah. the other night too, so that one's not too bad. How mad do you think everybody that pre ordered that game is right now that you can get it for like thirty bucks? Oh, there yeah. are so many. They're people probably that are thrilled. Just yeah. like 
It, it's a, it's about worth that much money. That's about as much money as it's worth. Thirty. Yeah, right about that. Well, I don't think any video game is worth more than thirty bucks. Honestly, the fact that I remember, you know, I think Mario Three was like fifty-five or sixty when it came out. It was sixty. I remember yep. that. I wanted yeah. it so bad. And so video games have always pretty much been that price, yeah. and it's just always been kind of that ridiculous. Which is like why I think they need to raise the prices because it's what? been. Raise the price. Shut yeah. your f- well. If you look at it this way, shut games, the hell your fuck. Games have been sixty dollars since the eighty. Yeah, thirty years. Nothing has changed with that, but games have gotten so much more expensive to make. Yeah, except they also make a re- button ton of money. Do you remember so. Neo Geo? Mm-hmm. Do you remember why it failed? Because I like, think it's games, games were a hundred to one hundred and twenty bucks. But that's because of the competition was, like was cheaper. Dollars. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, that's why I say, like, I don't think it's ever going to happen because one company is going to have to be brave enough to actually raise their prices and they're going to get a lot of shit for it. Oh, yeah. And especially if the other companies stay where they're at, like, they'll just get blown out of the water. Yeah. So Uh, I doubt it's ever going to change. And I think that's why we see a lot of, like, the DLC that you can buy now and the loot boxes that are, like, a thing now. It's just so these developers have ways of making that extra money because. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto Five is like the highest grossing piece of entertainment out there, but it costs like what was it, like seventy or eighty or ninety million dollars to make or something ridiculous. It is wild to me that an eight bit Nintendo game costs the same in like nineteen eighty seven or whatever as a fucking and a game that you could PS4 beat in two hours once now. you figured it out. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty wild. All right then, sure. Yeah. So I mean, it it like I say, I. I don't want to see them go up, but I wouldn't be surprised if the prices do, because, you know, these games are getting more expensive. Sure. But, uh, I think that's why you see a lot of this shit that you see in Fallout 76 as well. It's a, you know, living, breathing world when it works, and, uh, with a lot of, like, shit you can spend your money on frivolous, like, real cash for frivolously. Well, we'll see when they actually get it all dialed in, because it's obviously they didn't yet. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a mess of a launch for that game. Uh, and then I started last night. Uh, Assassin's... Oh, he's still going. Yeah, one more, and it, I won't talk long on this because I just started last <laughs> night. But I started Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which kind of fits the sword and sorcery, sword and sandals theme because yeah. it's in ancient Greece. Have you ever thought about how the word assassin is like ass ass in ass ass mm-hmm. in? Like, I'm gonna make that the next big club jam. Ass ass in. Ass ass in. I'm an ass assassin. I think that's already been said before. Well, Good no, man. I... <laughs> shit, whatever. <laughs> Somebody already made a movie about it, Randy. <laughs> but yeah, so this is, uh... I've only played maybe two, two and a half, three hours, somewhere around there last night of it, just to try it out, just to switch it up to something different, and it's like uh, most of the other Assassin's Creed games, except for they have ad- added a lot of, like, the RPG elements, so you can build your character, your luck character levels up and all that, and... There's rocket-propelled grenades? Yes. Holy shit. Wrong type of RPG. Oh. But, yeah, it, so far it's pretty fun, though. I've, it's I'll probably have to get back to that one when we record our next episode, because by then maybe I'll have played some more. We'll see. Sure. Unless Red Dead sucks me back in right away. But... That is the end of our, what we've been watching and playing. That was kind of an exhaustive list, and we still haven't even hit all of our what we've been watching. We we skipped a lot of shit. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So now it's going to be <laughs> the podcast by the cemeteries. Tunes from the crypt. Oh boy, this is a big one. Yeah, for the first time, we're uh, 
not I'm not going to do a metal band or a musical group that focuses on horror since it's the Swords and Sorcery episode. I decided, and all three of us are picking a band. Yeah, sort of. Sort of yeah. I decided to change it up a little bit, and I'm going to do a fantasy-based band. I chose very, very underrated band, Sirith Ungal, or Kirith Ungal, depending on how you want to pronounce it. The actual pronunciation is Kirith, but the band has always called it Sirith Ungal. They were formed in 72 by Tim Baker and Rob Garvin and Greg Lindstrom. That's like classic rock. That's like my parents might have heard of them. Jerry Fogel. They didn't really... I mean, they were formed in 72, but their first demos didn't pop up until 79. And then their their first official release on Metal Blade, Frost and Fire, wasn't until 81. So they were a band for almost a decade before they started really releasing stuff. So they got signed to Metal Blade after just a couple of demos in Metal Blade's infancy, like even before they had Metallica or Slayer, really. They were one of the first big bands on that label, I think, and they were also very influential toward a future Metal Blade artist, Trouble, and like just kind of the genre of doom metal in general. Like A lot of people mistakenly categorize them as doom metal. They do have a lot of slower, doomy sections that are kind of indicative of, like, that 70s Sabbath sound, but they're never really quite doomy enough to actually be doom metal. Yeah, they didn't sound doom metal, at least from the song that we heard. They have little sections here and there. Their newer stuff that I've heard from this year is way doomier. Like, Oh, they're still around? They had a pretty big layoff, like, they... So Frost and Fire was 81, King of the Dead is 84, One Foot in Hell is 86, and Paradise Lost was, like... 91, I think, and then they broke up and didn't do shit for quite a while, but reformed recently, as many metal bands have done in the last decade or so. And, like, the core of the band is still there. It's still Baker, Garvin, and Lindstrom, and then, like, a couple of newer dudes, but Jerry Fogel died a few years ago, so he's not involved. Mm. But, uh, these guys, they're great. Their album covers look like the coolest fucking van murals you've ever seen, like Frank Frazetta style art. <laughs> yeah, they like those look cool really airbrushed, sweet. like van murals. The their sound is pretty unique, especially for that era of like the early early eighties. They they're kind of in league with like the earlier new wave of British heavy metal bands and traditional heavy metal bands of that era, but they have their own sound. But they're a little bit doomier and. Their lyrical content varies from, like, fantasy stuff to, like, life struggle and things of that nature, depression and the futility of existence and whatnot. But I, all of their 80s albums are mandatory if you're a metalhead, <clears throat> especially if you enjoy traditional heavy metal like Judas Priest and Iron Maiden and things like that. Nice, yeah, because I am probably going to look into them a little more because I... Surprisingly, never heard of them being like kind of into the fantasy metal that I am. <clears throat> Their name is taken from Tolkien. Pirithungal is the pass of the spider where Shelob lives. Oh, yeah. The secret entrance oh. into Mordor. Okay, Lord of the Rings reference. Yeah, nice. So, very nerdy, very fantasy right from the get go there. And it's a cool name. Yeah, that is a really cool name. But, uh, do you have any particular song that we're listening to in the background here? Why do you gotta always do that? Because I never, ma- I didn't match it up last time. I know, I it do just it makes it fun. Fuck, just we'll, 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 we'll put a song in and post. Okay, how about that? Yeah. yeah, I haven't, I didn't even, I forgot to think of what song to do, but.
Ed, uh, you want to jump into yours, too? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, as soon as Randy said fantasy metal, and before Scott could say anything because he was busy or sleeping or yeah, something. Yeah, I was sleeping. Uh, I jumped on Blind Guardian, like, which I've always thought of as a fantasy metal band. Dibs! They are fucking fantasy metal band. Yeah, they uh, are fucking awesome. They are German power metal band. Yeah, Euro power metal, very awesome. Yeah, 1984 was the date they formed, but they weren't Blind Guardian back then. I guess they were originally Lucifer's Heritage, but they re-released that album, I guess, under Blind Guardian after they switched to... Uh, good stuff. Yeah, pretty like. fast and aggressive for that genre of music. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they they rock. They they even continue to this day as a band. Um, they've switched some members around over the years, but uh, always been Hansi Kirch as the lead singer. Yeah, and his vocals are just incredible. He has a really good voice. Yeah, I, I'm pretty, pretty sure I didn't. I'm not very good at German. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that's right. Hansi Kirch is how you pronounce it, at least how I pronounce it. Okay. But yeah, they've had albums that have been uh, all sorts of fantasy genre themes. They've had Tolkien-themed albums. They've had Robert Jordan-inspired songs. Uh, they've, they've done stuff about original old-school legends, um, just ballads of this sort. They, it's pretty cool stuff. Um, yeah, they, hell, they did even they even did a Song of Ice and Fire or yeah, Song of Ice and Fire themed yeah. songs as well, which is really cool. They fashioned themselves as like bards and shit, which is cool. Yeah, and their name came from. Uh, this is kind of adds into our horror-related thing. Their name came from Stephen King's It, Blind oh, Guardian. I didn't know that. That's the turtle. No, uh, I guess I didn't know that either. I know that the band you're going to talk about is a Stephen King. Yeah. Yeah. Scott and I have, we saw Blind Guardian play. Yes, and it was probably the best show I've ever, really ever cool been Really cool concert. To. Most crowd participation I've ever seen in anything. Everybody, like, was singing along was with that all the time. Uh, now, this uh, was at the Agora Ballroom in Ohio. Cleveland. We actually drove to Ohio. Because they were playing at Harpo's the next day, and we're like, fuck that. With the way let's Harpo's sound, let's yeah. go to Ohio. Oh. Agora had a nice, really nice sound system, really cool place. They had pizza, too. Remember the pizza? Yep, I remember the pizza. <laughs> I don't think that place is there anymore. Maybe it is. Somebody tell me if I'm wrong. Internet. I don't know. I don't feel like looking it up. Yeah they, yeah, they put out an album, I think, two years ago was the last album they released, and that one is still just right up there with their other albums. It's really good, slow songs, fast songs. Their, their live stuff is, is almost, I think, better than their studio albums. Well, if you're not live, better has so live, much energy. Yeah, if you're yeah. not better live than you are on disc, then you probably should hang it up. Yeah, true enough. <laughs> Yeah, and they are really good and, and they always like to go back and revisit some of their older material when they, as time goes on, which is cool because they usually do do them a good re-recording or a remastering. Yeah, yeah, because they did that huge box set of all their older albums with the remaster set. Yeah, that was good stuff. Yeah, that one of my, like I said, it is my all-time favorite band. Like, I got introduced to them probably about 12, 13 years ago and just fell in love. I think longer than that, you old bastard. Oh, shit, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> now that I think about it. But, uh, yeah, I guess I can jump into the band I chose, which ties into Blind Guardian, and that's uh, Demons and Wizards, which was a side project of the lead singer of Blind Guardian, Hansi Kirsch, and the lead guitarist of Iced Earth, John Schaefer. It was their, they've been friends for several years before they even uh, decided to, like, 
join up and create this band, but it is uh, basically a lot of it's based off, especially their, they've only come out with two albums, but the one album is almost 90% about the Dark Tower, which is just really awesome because it has like the hard, heavy, crunching riffs of Ice Earth mixed with like the really powerful vocals of Blind Guardian, and just the combination of those two together just makes like such an awesome sound. Like, I actually like them a little bit more than Blind Guardian from what I've heard. It's good yeah. stuff. Yeah, because like, like I say, it's like it's the things that a lot of people love about Ice Earth, but you know, because some people don't really like the vocalist of Ice Earth. But well, Ice Earth has never had a, like a main. Their vocalist has changed a few times yeah. in years. The, yeah, the I most recent vocalist is pretty badass, actually. Yeah, the new vocalist is really good. But the uh, original vocalist had some annoying tendencies that were in a lot of 80s power metal bands at the time. Didn't uh, that Tim Ripper Owens guy that sang for Judas Priest for a minute sing for Ice Earth for a minute, too? I think he did. That does sound familiar to Owens or something. Yeah, they uh, actually formed Demons and Wizards in 1998, and they've only released two albums just because... Both bands are still yeah, touring. It's just the way that supergroups go most of the time. I've always wondered if, like, their name is taken from the Uriah Heap album. It is. Okay. If I was going to get to that, but yeah, they took it right off the Uriah Heap album. Yeah, it's one of my favorite 70s albums. It's good, good stuff. And they've, they've got songs, like I was saying, covering the Dark Tower, uh, the... Uh, what was it? The painting of Dorian Gray is one of the songs they also have. Uh, yeah, Portrait of Dorian Gray. Um, they have one that's mockingly singing about the Crusades. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's one like a trilogy that they because you know uh, John Schaefer likes to kind of like make write his own stories and put them into songs. And he did like a uh, three part uh, trilogy in the first album. That was talking about like the creator, and this creator was like a gnome that created the world and the universe, and like it's like, like David the gnome. I don't know. <laughs> it was kind of an interesting story when I was reading into it, and I'm like, I never realized. I mean, I was like three different songs from that album. If you listen to back to back, like tell a story. I'm like, well, oh, that's kind of cool. But yeah, they talk Lord of the. They sing about Lord of the Rings as well, and they just have a lot of cool references, and like I say, just really heavy. Just. I don't know, would you call that power metal? Yeah, yeah, it's still power metal. They're just really kind of speedy, thrashy, aggressive tone. Yeah, because I was thinking more thrash on that one. Yeah. Kind of some speed metal tendencies. Yeah, I'm I'm not like Randy, and I'm like a giant bibliography of these bands, but that's pretty much all I can really say about them. Like I said, they've only put out two albums, though it looks like they are working on their third album now. Who knows when that'll be released, but I am really excited to see, because I guess they are going to be at that, uh, Demons and Wizards will be at Hellfest in Germany, I think it is, isn't it? That fest lineup this year looks just, like, ridiculous. <laughs> like, good ridiculous? Yeah. Well, it's just like... Well, everything. it's a big mix. I mean, there's some terrible shit there, but some of the, some of the good bands that they got there, you know, like, yeah, it's crazy. And just the sheer volume of bands that are playing... I can't imagine how much money it takes to put that thing on every year. It's got to like, be millions. Lots, talking millions. Lots millions, of bro. But yeah, I guess that will be the end of our tunes from the crypt. Uh, we'll take a quick break and plug a podcast, and then we will oh. come back and talk our fuck? sword and sorcery plug it. theme.
All right, so yeah, we decided because we, all three of us, actually did a lot of uh, show prep for the Sword and Sandals, Sword and Sorcery theme episode, and we all, as you could probably see on Facebook, watched a ton of these different movies just for the fun yeah, of it. just to prep for it and get in the mood or whatever. What the, what the hell is Sword and Sandals? What the, what the hell? Well, that would be the precursor to Sword and Sorcery, which were like the Harryhausen movies of the 50s and 60s, like Seventh Voyage of Sinbad and Jason and the Argonauts. Ooh, Sinbad. Yeah, which uh, we'll get to that when you talk about it. But uh, I mean, technically, Conan could be categorized as either, either one because he does wear sandals. He does. That is true. But there is like magic involved. Yep. But uh, yeah, I'll go through the first couple that uh, I've watched that neither of you guys had seen like at least in a while. Uh, the first one I ended up watching to prep for this was uh, Legend, starring Tom Cruise and. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. That Tim fucking such a chore. I watched that with you. Tom. Tom oh, I forgot you watched that with Cruise. There's a couple of cool, like, you know, obviously Tim Curry as the Lord of Darkness is cool, and, like, the weird bog witch thing is cool, but... The fact that Tom Cruise capital, uh, like actually capitalizes on his shortness to play, like, a very small, little, nimbly-looking bastard. <clears throat> it's the only movie where he ever admits he's short. Yeah. It's a pretty movie. It has decent atmosphere or whatever, but it's just, it's so... Dull. Yeah, there was a... Uh, because I, I hadn't seen it in a very long time. Like, I think when I first bought the DVD was, like, the last time I watched it, which that was years ago, and I still like it, but, I, like you said, it's mainly for the set designs, the bog witch, and... I am the Lord of Darkness. Yes. Because <laughs> Tim Curry, in almost anything, just fucking steals the show he every single time. Yep. He is the Curry of all times. <laughs> that he is. He's more curry than you. He's the oh, curious. Damn, way more curry than me. Uh, and then You're I like ended up yellow curry, and he's like uh, red curry. Uh, yeah, I'm so, I, I like to think I'm a green curry, but if you think I'm yellow, that's fair. Yeah, yellow, yellow. bastard. Uh, yellow. Uh, then I ended up watching uh, <laughs> another '80s classic, which is Willow. I like Willow. It's like the only good Ron Howard movie. Yeah, that movie is just so still to this day still holds up for me. I. I posted about it on a couple different groups, and people were like, oh, this movie just doesn't hold up anymore, and I'm, I don't know, I, I love every minute of this film. It's pretty fun, it, you know, some of the characters are really cool, the villain dude with, like, the skull mask is cool. Yeah, it's creepy. And, and the troll? Yeah, the troll, the whole I, troll bit is... I do remember the troll being Super cool. creepy, they turn into the weird, like, dragon thing. Yeah, like that two-headed dragon monstrosity because of Willow's magic. And then, like, the scene where they're all transforming into pigs is pretty cool. That scene actually creeped me out when I was a kid. Yeah, me too. Me too, for sure. <clears throat> but it just, it I don't know, it has a lot of that, like, wink-at-the-audience bullshit in it that Ron Howard, Hollywood stuff, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of that, but, like, it wasn't, like, so bad, it it has definitely the 80s feel to it, and this is probably one of the better films that Val Kilmer's ever been in that, like, he actually, you know, does a good job acting as That's Mad true. Mardigan. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Warwick Davis is almost always good. Yeah, even as the Leprechaun and everything else that, you, you know, some people will call those movies bad, but you no, can't fault those him. those movies are great. I am the Leprechaun. The first seven Leprechaun movies are all very cool. <laughs> or six. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, there's six, and there's that seventh yeah, terrible the sixth, one. Yeah, the, the first six are all cool. Hmm. And then, you know, he's cool in fucking the Harry Potter movies. Yep, and then he's uh, also in that uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy as the robot. Oh, he doesn't Alan speak, Rickman but, robot. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm so depressed. Oh, really? Yeah, that's uh, that's him. That's him oh. and the robot. Fair enough. Yeah, and he's he's just in a lot of things, and yeah, everything's he's and he's really good in. It's unfortunate that he's not going to be in the new Leprechaun movie. Yeah, but I guess he didn't want to, so. He's probably like, I'm fucking sick of this yeah, shit. Yeah, you know what, guys? Six is enough, so... And after I was done with all those Leprechaun films, I did the Harry Potter films. I'm sitting on yeah, cash. He's I'm probably good. doing just fine. He might regret it, though. Like, this movie could do really well and restart the whole franchise. He might regret this. Hmm. Right. But we'll see what happens there. Moving on. Uh, but yeah, then the last film that I think I only watched this one and neither of you guys did, which was... uh. The Roger Corman era of the uh, 80s sword and sandals, sword and sorcery, sleazy, fun, gory films. Uh, Barbarian Queen. I need to watch that one. It's on that four on two set with Deathstalker one on two that I have. Yeah, I want to get that DVD. It's pretty cheap. You can get it delivered to your house for like 14 bucks. Yeah, I almost did that last paycheck, actually. I just held off for right now because, you know, holiday shopping and whatnot. Holidays. yeah, this was a, you know, it's not up there with Deathstalker 1, maybe on par with, uh, well, I won't even say that, with De- I, I liked it better than Deathstalker 2, because <laughs> this was actually serious and not so tongue-in-cheek, right. like, oh, but yeah. Can't be. at the same time, just like these cheaply produced Roger Corman films of the 80s, they spliced in similar scenes from different movies and <laughs> things like that, sure. but, you know, tons of nudity, uh, over-the-top comic book style villains that were just kind of entertaining and yeah just th- this was a fun just sort this one is kind of a sword and sandals film because there is no magic or anything like that and it's right. just it's really just a entertaining watch okay and oh and then i did but i stopped this one halfway through but i did watch that uh the warrior and the sorceress stop with david carradine yeah. yeah with david carradine it it just was that one just did not grab my attention and I got bored halfway through and I just didn't feel like wasting the rest of my time. <clears throat> but uh I guess we can jump over to the one that you watched Call the Conqueror. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude. yeah I did. Yeah, Call the Conqueror. Tim and I watched Don't that. Uh, that, one. that was the last one I think we watched, wasn't it? Sure was. From what I've read that was originally supposed to be like the third Conan movie or something. It did kind of take up like at that point, I guess. Yeah, that actually would make sense, like, storyline-wise. But, yeah, it's Tia, Tia Carrere and Kevin Sorbo, and it's totally 90s. It's, yeah, it's... I don't want to watch it. <laughs> it had some entertaining, cool moments, but, I oh, it is very cheesy. You. Oh, man, if I had been able to pick a movie for the last one, that's probably what I would have picked. So. <laughs> I will stab you. Yeah. Gonna have to start letting me pick movies. <laughs> You're not making not after you say that. I've already got one in mind for the next one. Oh well, you know, I don't think you can pick a bad god's. Yes, don't don't challenge him. (laughs) Oh, there is that American one. (laughs) Yep, that's the one he was thinking of too. I guarantee it. You son of a bitch! I will fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I want like I started this whole thing off by watching heavy metal, which oh yeah basically oh, fits yeah. in with this I mean, a lot of the segments are you know swinging swords around and there's magic and shit and i didn't think about that but yeah that's a good tie-in that yeah good shit heavy metal rules if you've never seen it you absolutely have to watch it it's one of the early entries in the anthology 80s like based on heavy metal comic magazine adult like sleazy erotic incel fantasy stuff 
But it's my fun. stepdad actually had a few of those comics back in the day. <clears throat> it's super fun. South Park did an episode about it. <laughs> yes, I mean, they that, did. Yeah. The yeah, cat piss episode. <laughs> it's fun enough that South Park was like, well, let's fucking let's do this. I watched Beastmaster. Beastmaster. Uh, I still need to get that movie. Don Coscarelli's entry into the genre. Uh, so fucking cool. Very much a horror movie in a lot of ways. Lots really? Of, well, I mean, just like a lot of creepy monsters and the bat creature monster things that like hug you with their wings and turn you to goddamn human soup and fucking like the weird black metal guys at the end that have all the spiky things all over them. And I remember them, but I do not remember the bat things. I, I haven't seen this since I was really young. Yeah, this one, it, I mean, it's, it's not like a horror movie, but you can tell that Don Coscarelli is a horror director. There's a lot of atmosphere to it and, Mist and smoke and creepy, like, night set pieces and stuff, especially with the bat creature dudes. Nice. Yeah, because I want to get this one in my collection soon. Like it's-, it's it's really good. It's, you know, typical of these. It's PG, but they still manage to squeeze tits into a couple of scenes. And, like, <laughs> the violence level is pretty high for a PG movie. Oh, God bless the 80s. Right. I decided to throw Monty Python and the Holy Grail in here. That movie is why the fuck not? Fucking amazing. Pretty one much of the best com- one of the best comedies. Just pretty much tied with yeah, Life of Brian is much the greatest the comedy of all time for me. One of them, like between those two, that yeah, those two are the best for me. She turned me into a newt. I got better. <laughs> Very funny stuff. Very. Smart, lots of like political humor and stuff, and the movie, like I don't know, it, it kind of moves along like a sketch show yeah, kinda because does each each person. scene is just like a little, you know, it's like its own little sketch or whatever, but it still follows the linear narrative of King Arthur and the Holy Grail and all that. Sort of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, as loosely as they want to, yeah. A shrubbery. <clears throat> I watched Sword and the Sorcerer, if you've never seen that one. I've not seen that one. Most people know that one is the movie where the guy has the three-bladed sword. Whoa! Okay. Three-bladed? Yeah, and like two of them shoot. Holy shit, that's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty rad. Very. (laughs) Another one that's like kind of sort of a horror movie in a lot of ways. The monsters are scary and creepy, and it's like violent and gory and... Richard Maul is the villain. Really? One of the villains. Yeah, he's a villain in a few of these. Uh, it's very cool. It's, yeah, because I, I went to look for this film, like, try to buy it, and yeah, it is way out of print. It's very expensive. I think it's like 60 bucks on DVD or something yeah, crazy like silly, that. Silly, silly, I got lucky and found it like a year or two ago. Yeah, because I noticed the theme, like, or I noticed something that's very similar with horror films. The Sword and Sorcery has a lot of, like out-of-print stuff that's, like, way expensive that probably hasn't even come to DVD or came out briefly. Which- Sword and the Sorcerer was one of the Anchor Bay releases, so those, like, if that's a desirable movie and it's on Anchor Bay and it hasn't been re-released, it's it's expensive. That's just the way it goes. That's true. That one's really cool. Very violent and sleazy and kind of funny and highly recommended for fans of this genre if they haven't seen it. If we can find a copy, we'll definitely watch it. Yeah. I'm sure you can download it or fucking find it somewhere. Everything. It might exists. even be on YouTube. 
Oh, that is true. Anything about YouTube. I watched Paul Verhoeven's Flesh and Blood. It doesn't really, really fit in here because there's nothing magical or mystical about it, but it is like swords and medieval and all of that. I just decided to watch it because I fucking felt like it. Hey, you can do what you want. You're a grown-ass man. It's one of the first, <laughs> maybe the first American movie that he did. It's uh, Ru- oh, really? Rutger Hauer, Jennifer Jason Lee, a few other familiar faces. Very violent, sleazy, very, very, very well-made film, as you would expect from Paul Verhoeven. Lots of really great visuals and just masterfully crafted filmmaking from one of the best filmmakers of all time. Nice. Nice. If you haven't seen that one, it's like, kind of fits in more with, I don't, I don't want to say Braveheart, because that's going to give people the idea that it's not a good movie, but it's just kind of like, <laughs> a, you know, it's like an epic medieval action film with lots of violence and whatnot, so that's like the closest thing I could think of to compare it to. Sure enough. I watched... Dungeon Master, also known as Rage War, another one with Richard Maul as the villain. Okay, I've heard of that one, but I did not realize Richard Maul was in that. Dude, Dungeon Master rules so much fucking ass. It was, <laughs> it was like one of the early Charles Band productions. He made it to showcase like some of his flesh, like Young Blood directors or whatever. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so it's it's an anthology. It also plays out very much like a video game. The main character is named. They call him like Excalibrate. Whoa. And, like, each segment of the anthology is basically, like, another level of this game where he's trying to save his girlfriend from the Richard Mall wizard, the evil wizard. <laughs> nice. One of the segments in the middle has Wasp in it, like the band Wasp. Band? Uh, I can yeah, see why you love this. He's at a Wasp concert, and they're, like, playing Tormentor, and they have his girlfriend up on stage, like, tied to something. And he has, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's, it's super cool. It's another one that's PG, but, like, I can't understand why, because in the first five minutes, there's full frontal female nudity <laughs> and some violence here and there, and, yeah, it's it's a good one. It's another one of those ones that's on, I think it's on one of those Scream Factory multi-packs with, like... Multi-pack? What else? Multi-packs? I can't remember what the... F- don't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Lilu. Lilu Dallas. Well, I'll have to look for that one then. <clears throat> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I watched a few of the Harryhausen ones. Yeah, I wanted to get to uh, to Jason and the Argonauts and the Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, but I never did find the time, unfortunately. Aww. I may watch those after this because I'm still in the mood to watch sword and sorcery films. Those ones are all really good. I watched Seventh Voyage and Jason and the Argonauts and Clash of the Titans, and you get like the Hydra and. Like the Colossus of Rhodes type thing. Yep. And then uh, I think you even get a Gorgon and... Yeah, there's a Gorgon in Clash of the Titans, a Pegasus. There's like the weird Kalibos character that's like the the demon-looking dude with the tail. Oh, yep. Just the the skeleton army and Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah, which obviously inspired Army of Darkness. Right. Randy's favorite movie. Except Jason and the Argonauts is good. <laughs> Seventh Voyage of Sinbad is awesome too. It has oh, yeah. like the uh, the Cyclops, you know. Yeah, I I, I I watched that when I was a kid. I loved that movie. Me too. And even now, like all of those movies held up really nicely for me. They were all entertaining throughout, and the effects are just like I would. I'll take stop motion over CGI any right. day of the week. It, yeah. it works. 
Yeah, because I that I think the last time I seen that seventh voyage of Sinbad was probably at my grandparents on USA, like way way back in the day. That's, I think my grandpa had recorded it off of cable TV onto a VHS, like he did all the time, and archived them in this big giant pile with you know handwritten notes about what movie starts at what minute and shit. Nice. <laughs> There's another one too. It's like Golden Voyage of Sinbad, I think mm-hmm. it's called, but I don't have that one. Yep, I remember that one as well. I probably got it in my grandpa's VHS collection. Right. <laughs> uh lastly i think of the ones that we didn't watch together not together but like yeah yeah just, we didn't see uh conan the destroyer oh yeah another one i have in my collection that i just never got around to you unfairly know, I, criticized and hated no i have yeah i have seen it i really like conan the destroyer it's it was, a lot of it was fun. a pg the 13 movie with tits right well it's, it's pg there's kind of tits but not really see this one i don't know if i've actually seen it or not it's pretty it's really violent for a pg movie lots of like blood and limb hacking and the monsters are cool as shit the the end monster is uh it's andre the giant in the suit oh nice i never knew that before like this binge of watching these movies or whatever, I posted that I was watching it and somebody brought that up and I just, I never knew that before is he's uncredited. Oh, okay. Like you can look it up on IMDb and it's there, but the movie credits aren't, he's not in the credits of the film. Also features Grace Jones, not Sinead (laughs) O'Connor. Damn it. (laughs) I was hoping I'd get away with that. (laughs) Nope. Sorry. Calling you. Wilt Chamberlain is also in it. Wilt still. So supposedly slayer of 10,000 vaginas. That's too many. Man claims to have had sex with 10,000 women. That I did not know. (laughs) That's the, you know, that's his, his claim to fame other than like, I forget how many points in one game or something. I don't know. There was some crazy point record that he held for a long time, but, uh, Conan, the destroyer, Everybody hates it. I think it's cool. It's a it's a shift in tone or whatever, you know. Well, probably not as much of a shift in tone as one of the sequels we'll be talking about here in a few minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. So that's everything that I watched. All right, and then, yeah, we all three of us had seen these. Tim and I watched these together, Randy on his own, but like around the same time. I guess we could start off with what I was just mentioning. The Deathstalker 1 and 2. Oh, boy. Deathstalker is very cool. I like Yeah, the it first is one totally a, a Conan ripoff, but oh, yeah, it is absolutely. cheesy, just low-budget, sleazy yeah, like, fun. The villain is supposed to have a tattoo on his face, but it's very, very clearly just painted on. It's like Sharpie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really bad <laughs> special effects and, like, and the, and makeup the effects. But like, really the only the good actor. The only good actor. I like the pig... Yeah, the pig creatures. Pig guys the that they ripped off from Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, and that whole chaotic bar scene with the fight going on, and just, there's so, because Tim and I were talking about that earlier, like, there is so much going on in that one scene. There's, like, the pig eating the dude and, like, beating up other people, and then there's just a brawl going on while naked women are still dancing over in this corner, and yep. then there's this happening over here. And Good times. It's a big scene. Yeah, it was. It's just cheesy and fun. You have a girl that's I forget her name or girl woman. I forget her name, but I think she might have actually been the barbarian queen in the barbarian queen movie. Yeah, but that's uh, fighting topless throughout the whole. Freaking oh yeah, movie. Yeah, I heard, yeah. Which kudos to her for being a badass and fighting topless with freaking giant swords being swung around and. 
It's a good way to lose a titty. Yeah. Oh, no. Man, like, it has bad acting, but it's just so entertaining. And then... Everyone was talking about, like, oh, you love Deathstalker. You gotta check out Deathstalker 2. It's one of my favorites. (laughs) Deathstalker 2 is one of those, like cherished awful movies oh my like god troll 2 or oh, silent night deadly so, night 2 so bad i've come around to it now that i've had time away from it and thought about it but going in thinking i was getting a like serious movie right. like death stalker no it very no. much plays off like an 80s like valley girl comedy with oh man the one people in loincloths so and shit. Some of them weren't even funny yeah, these one-liners were terrible, and this and the and the dude that's playing uh, Deathstalker. Oh my god, he was so bad, so bad and cheesy, like a completely different. That's the guy. dude from Chopping Mall, like the gum chomping dude from Chopping Mall. Is it really? Yeah. Holy shit! I guess yeah, it makes the sense. Jim Wynorski directed yeah, it. Yeah, another Wynorski movie. So yeah, they, they rewrote the script. Those two rewrote the script because they were like, "Uh, we could do better than that. We we're funnier," and they rewrote the script thinking they'd be funny. Yeah, and then you get the ridiculous fucking wrestling ring scene with uh, what's oh, her name? Oh yeah, him and the the, the snoo snoo lady. Yeah. Uh, oh, like really? You're gonna just throw this in there? Like, well, lots of shit was just didn't belong. No, and then you get fucking street lamps like that are just like purely visible, <laughs> like when it's supposed to be in yeah. fantasy world. Yeah, and no, it's it's cool. a giant like a train wreck and a silly pile of shit. You could see a trailer in the background of one of the scenes and like yeah. a road. Paper. Well, I think we even seen tires and like where there were like in a junkyard or something. You seen like tires just laying around and you're like, that's not supposed to what be there. Those? Uh... <laughs> but the one thing I will say about this film, it gave me a new, uh, on-screen uh, crush, and that is uh, that Monique Gra- Gabriel, the girl that played the both princesses. Right. Damn, she is just beautiful, and but terrible, oh, terrible man. acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's you know that's always part of one of the, one of the endearing parts of bad movies is the terrible acting. Yeah, I was gonna say I could see its charm, like, but going into it not knowing that it was gonna be that was just extremely jarring. It'll grow on you. Yeah, I think it will, or maybe like, it won't. Because like, I look back on it now and I kind of smile just a little bit thinking, oh, yeah, there's that scene. Okay, that scene. But just, yeah, when we were watching it, we're just like, really? It's not what we were expecting. <laughs> not at all. It was A lot of recycled shots, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a ton of recycled shots from Deathstalker 1. Yeah. <laughs> the bar scene and the pig and all that stuff was recycled. We paid for those shots before. We can just use them again. That's they brought a... back the pig man. Yeah. That's a Roger Corman specialty <laughs> in his later years. <laughs> uh, but then... One of the other ones, uh, Randy and I watched, uh, Dragon Slayer. That one's good. Holy crap, that movie's just incredible. Yeah, it set the bar really high for practical effects. Yeah, probably the best on-screen dragon I have ever, ever seen. Oh, yeah, without question. Even now, to this day. Hmm. Yeah, because CGI still has them topped. Way cooler than any of the Game of Thrones dragons, in my opinion. Yeah, though the Game of Thrones dragons do look amazing, I will give it that, but... For, but they're CGI. But this, yeah, look- they just look like any CGI dragon. They don't look terribly different from the CGI dragons from Harry Potter, honestly. Uh, yeah, Harry yeah, Potter. You're right about that. But yeah, um, what about that Christian Bale dragon movie? Oh God, shut up! Rain of Fire. I Ew. almost, I, I have that. I almost threw that. <laughs> <Ew>. in, but, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> but no, uh, this was like my second or third time watching it, and I just had a blast and really enjoyed it. 
And it's another I one. Please forget it's a Disney movie. Yeah, it's another one that's PG and also like some tits and yeah, gore. Yeah, tits and gore. Easily the most violent and dark Disney film. Well, maybe not the most dark, but most violent. Yeah, Disney's got some dark. Yeah, I mean, Black Hole's really dark. Watcher in the Woods and Something Wicked This Way Comes are both really dark. But taking like the princess is you know sacred to Disney, and to yeah. take your princess and feed her to baby dragons is pretty brutal. Yeah, <laughs> that was that. That still blows my mind that that is a Disney film. Like I never think of it that way when I think Peter about McNichol, film. the guy that plays the main character, that dude's a really talented actor. Like between that. And Ghostbusters 2 and Dracula Dead and Loving It. Like, that guy is... And he's a great character actor. Yeah. It just blew my mind that he actually had a main role in some film. <laughs> it's crazy that that's... I mean, that and Porky's, I guess. You know, those. he's in the Porky's movies. He is, isn't he? I forgot about in the Porky's movies. Wow, I forgot about that. Like, uh, this one is very, <laughs> very cool. Lots of cool effects. Not just the dragon. Not just the dragon? No, it just a, it's a good story all around too, and um, I haven't seen it. Yeah, that one I think I'm gonna have to have you watch because you would love this film. You'd sure. probably like it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then one that all three of us watched is uh, Crawl. Crawl kicks so much ass. Crawl's fun. Crawl is a, it's kind of like a sci-fi version of these in a lot of ways. Yeah, it is. It is. Like it, it's got like the it's you know like fantasy if you were elements, but it's got throw, futuristic. Throw a bit of Star Wars into the mix. For good measure. Yeah, because of the alien race and their moving freaking fortress. And it's I weird. love the way those Death Stalker things screech when you kill or not Wait. Death Stalker. What <sighs> shit? Yeah, I can't remember I the name. But do they really head. even die? They just kind of like turn into a worm, and then they crawl into the ground. Yeah. they're all like or whatever. That's cool. Yeah, and then the <laughs> creepy ass spider. Yeah. That thing looked awesome. Like especially it's still the widow of the web segment or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because I. I thought I'd seen this film before, but I guess I've only seen bits and pieces of it because I don't remember half of it. This one has a lot of cool. Oh, the Slayers—that's what they're called. Yeah. Slayers. Slayer. I like the uh, the Cyclops dude. He's funny. Slayer. Yep. It's cool that the the dude that turns in like the what do you the shapeshifter guy that turns into animals he's uh charlie bucket's math teacher from willy wonka and the chocolate factory oh really <laughs> yeah the guy that's like teaching fractions and shit yeah i can't do just two i did not realize that wow yeah, that's <laughs> the only real detriment to crawl is that the hero guy could be i don't know he could be cooler yeah. Yeah, he was just kind of like your average like hero, nothing really special about him. Type. He could be a cooler character, but Kroll is very awesome. It's like part swashbuckling movie, part sword and sorcery movie, part sci-fi movie. Yeah, it was an interesting mm-hmm. blend. Like it looked like they were trying to build up for like a franchise with this the way it was going to. They threw some horror elements in there like the the main villain monster thing at the end is pretty frightening oh, looking yep. and yeah. like the spider sequence is pretty scary and the slayers are you know disturbing and creepy the way that they die is disturbing and creepy yeah yeah this was definitely uh yeah. one i was happy to purchase and now own because i will be rewatching that and then there was that one part where jesus threw the glaive through the pope's head <laughs> yeah that's always good <laughs> oh wait no oh, <laughs> 
Uh, and I think there's only one more that we all watched, and that was Excalibur. Excalibur. Excalibur, Excalibur is almost best movie. without question the like the cream of the crop of these films. Like yeah. it's not my favorite, but it's it you can almost not argue that it's the best. It's good. I, think it might be my favorite. This was the first time watched for me. I thought I'd seen this one before, but nope. It's a two and a half hour movie that moves along at such a decent clip that you don't even realize how long you've been sitting there watching it. Yeah, for sure. The acting is just fantastic. The the atmosphere, the locations, the costumes, the yeah, effects. I, I was even pointing this out to Tim. Uh, the plate mail like every knight that's wearing plate mail you can see them struggling to move which in most films they're running around and jumping and like acting like that weight of that plate mail does not affect them where in this film you can see like the weight is truly slowing their movements well in a lot of these movies it's probably costume shit and i wouldn't be surprised if john borman insisted on real armor because he's just that kind of filmmaker you know i mean yeah because that i was really impressed with that because this just uh, everything about this film was just well done. It has everything that one of these movies needs: nudity, violence, and then and and then some. You know, I mean, the Arthurian legend is very cool, and this one. Yeah, very, I, I've very always good loved. In yeah, I was saying I've always loved the Arthur legend, like even like ever since I was a kid. So seeing this, how uh, now? Cried Arthur in a bold and haughty tone. <laughs> What's that from? He put me on the spot. I don't know. I thought King Arthur was your favorite. Not anymore. Laser Man, Tarantula Man, nothing. That's no, from Halloween. Anyway, oh. <laughs> I was like, what? what? Oh, but yeah. I oh. love uh, love this movie a lot. It's one that I liked a lot as a kid, and one of the only movies where. Gabriel Byrne is more than just kind of like there. Yeah, and that blew me away that that was Gabriel Byrne's. And then you, because I, I recently know him from Hereditary and then, you know, a few other films, but I didn't know he was an Excalibur. Yeah. And then Patrick Stewart. Oh, yeah. Old, yeah. Young he was really good. Still I think bald. he was just, yeah, he was just always bald. <laughs> yeah, I think he was born bald. Well, everyone is born bald. Well, okay, born and stayed bald. Slave. Barbarian. Warrior. Thief. Conan. They said you'd come. A man of great strength. Conqueror. One who could crush the snakes of the earth. of their own deaths. He's evil, a sorcerer who can summon demons. Day of Doom is here! What daring! What arrogance! I salute you. the most
most incredible adventurer of all. The man they call Conan. The Barbarian. Coming to a theater near you from Universal Pictures. film we'll be discussing is John Milius's epic sword and sorcery masterpiece Conan the Barbarian Bone from 1982. It was uh, originally scripted by Oliver Stone, but Milius took the script and rewrote it himself. So it's, I mean, in the credits it says written by Stone and Milius, but that's kind of deceptive. Amazing score by Basil Polidorus, one of the best yeah, that film score scores. Is incredible. Yeah, just fantastic fucking film score. Basil? Very, very, like, epic and destiny. Good movie. I yep. mean, who who doesn't like this movie? Uh, You'd I, be surprised. There are a few people that just think this is boring. Well, I mean, it is, but it's still good. So a bit of backstory of the character of Conan the Barbarian, the Sumerian, created by Robert Howard in the 30s. Uh, there were, a few, you know, he, he wrote a few stories, but nothing really picked up until Weird Tales that ma- it's like a magazine from Britain or somewhere, I think. Yeah. Weird Tales started to to collect his stories and publish them and whatever, and that gave Conan new life. And uh, then Robert Howard killed himself, and the property of Conan fell into a lot of different hands over the next few decades or whatever. There was a, a comic book. I can't remember if it was Marvel. I think Marvel did Conan. Yeah, I think you're right on that one. I could be wrong, though, so don't... And like, a ton of novels. That. Yeah, lots of novels were released. I've uh, read quite a few. Posthumously. 
There were even like Conan universe novels that didn't involve Conan, like the Hyperborean age and stuff like that. But the character is, you know, very iconic. Yeah. Conan, the Sumerian king by his own hand. Very cool character. Uh, this particular storyline follows a couple of, it's, it's like an amalgamation of a couple of the different Howard stories or whatever. And it draws heavily from the art of Frank Frazetta, obviously. Yeah, it really does. (laughs) Stars Schwarzenegger and James Earl Jones in what I would call his best role and coolest character. He is cool in this movie. Sorry, Star Wars kids, but Thulsa Doom is cooler than Darth Vader. Well, I mean, he's he's just the voice of Darth Vader. He's not right. really Vader. This, I mean, yeah, that physical presence, you know. Yeah. And just his, his facial expression. Yeah, 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 the eyes, eyes. Those fucking eyes. So piercing. Conan fucking rules. It's hyper-violent and stylish and epic. And just, like, everything about it is epic. The music and the violence and... And it still even has some more recognizable faces with Max von yeah, Sydow as King Osric and yep. Sandal Bergman. Yeah, she's just great in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> as Valeria. Valeria sounds like a disease, Conan. <laughs> yeah, we had um, so many memorable scenes in this film. Yeah, the one of the the standout scenes is like after he's like crucified on the tree of woe and they rescued him and like the demons come from that night and they like they paint his body up that's like a direct homage to Quidon, that japanese anthology that we watched yeah remember when they paint hoichi the earless yeah i forgot all about that yeah there's oh. also some reference to seven samurai in, in uh in conan really a little bit of kurosawa reference there yep the storyline of Conan is, you know, everybody is familiar with the story of young Conan. He's enslaved after Thulsa Doom kills his people, and he is groomed to be a fighter in the fighting pits or whatever, and then set free and turns yeah. into a thief and meets some companions and then is brought to the court of King Osric. And, like, the the quest option is save my daughter and I'll make you rich. Yep. Yeah. And you got like the snake temples that are popu- like populating every single. City I love that they're, <laughs> they're talking to that dude in the town. He's like, just another snake cult. Like what? That's just that it common. Just, it just it just happens now. It's a thing. Yep, <laughs> like, those those towers are huge. They would take years to build. So you'd think <laughs> magic. But yeah, like uh, you you get like the fun moments throughout this film as well. Now it's oh, not the like camel it's punch. Yeah, the camel punch, which. <laughs> It's just it's just entertaining just to see that happen and like if you listen, Arnold Schwarzenegger loves that scene. Yeah, if you listen to the commentary, he's like all excited, like I think this is the scene where I punch the camel. No, Arnold, that's not that doesn't happen yet. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because isn't he watching it with the director or something? Yeah, <laughs> man, there's always there's like some lighthearted moments that just kind of break up some of the seriousness of this film, which works out well because you know some of the characters are. Kind of slightly goofy with some one-liners, and uh, it's not nearly as goofy as the sequel. No, no, but like you could tell where they kind of just took that and ran with it. Right. Well, that was. I mean, the '80s had become the age of goofy one-liners at that point, between like Rambo and Freddy and stuff like that. So everything was a joke. Everybody was, 
And Arnold was, like, very much involved in the one-liner business. Yeah, throughout the rest of his career, pretty much. Commando is just, like, a <laughs> string of one-liners. <clears throat> oh, but yeah, there are, like, the special effects in this, like, the makeup effects. and Yeah, the, the giant design. snake and the snake transformation. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that snake transformation was really good. Like, it still holds up. Like, even though, you know, partway through the transformation, it pans away and then pans back and he's a full snake. Like, but you still get that... Like the first, the facial changes that happen, yeah. and it looks so good. And, uh, yeah, just like all the other ones we were talking about earlier, you know, there's tits and gore, and you got. He think, also came to know the pleasures of women. <laughs> yes, he did. And was bred to the finest stock. And isn't this Arnold's first film? No, he had done, like, Hercules in New York and stuff before Oh, that's that. right. That's the one This may have been about. his first starring role or something. It's my favorite Arnold movie. I like it more than Terminator. It's a good movie. Yeah. yeah. So do I. Like, Terminator's good, but I it doesn't hold up nearly as, like, well for me as this one does. Oh, I love Terminator. It's only, it's just a hair behind this one. It's really close. I just... Nothing beats Kindergarten Cup. <laughs> oh, good lord. Conan is just so fucking epic, and it's like... Maybe it's not just like a meathead action movie, you know. It's it's got its touching, tender moments and stuff. Like, yeah, this is like a serious fantasy, yeah, like a fantasy themed movie. Like, it's along the lines of like Lord of the Rings that has you know lighthearted moments, but it's still serious. Like when Valeria dies, you feel that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler. Well, if you haven't seen this, movie. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It yeah. came out around the year I was close to the year I was born. So, it, it, you, if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry. You Infidel defilers, it. they should all drown in lakes of blood. That now bad. they will know why they fear the night. So, if you couldn't tell, that's where Randy was inspired to do our intro. <laughs> yep, yep. Randy. Yeah, this is <clears throat> this is just a classic, like. It's not one of the obscure ones that we could have talked about like we normally do talk well, about. We, like, we covered obscure. a lot of those just a few minutes ago. Yeah, right. If you've so. made it this far, you've heard a few, I'm sure. Like I was saying earlier, Excalibur is almost unquestionably the best of these films, but it's not my favorite because Conan the Barbarian is my favorite. And I'm kind of curious, should we just jump into ratings and, or do you have more, or do you want to say some more? Cause I'm, I, like I say, it's been a long time since Tim and I like watched it for the show well, so I mean, i'm having a hard time rec- not, recollecting yeah, things yeah, okay i was gonna say it wasn't that long ago goddamn old man with bad memory yeah, i mean it, it happens milius makes really good use of his like locations and whatnot there's a lot of i mean there are several scenes in this movie where you could just pause and make it a painting or whatever because of the landscape or yeah the architecture or whatever that he's focusing on the characters are all pretty memorable and cool. The only real like weak link character is uh, his little sidekick buddy. But yeah, the rogue. Yeah, that guy's still cool. He is. I right, still like yeah. him, and I like. I certainly like him more than fucking Malik from Conan the Barbarian, the annoying little like th- cowardly thief guy that. Oh yeah. Pals around with him. But uh, yeah, this one is very, very, very violent. Lots of, like, just blood spurting off of people with limbs being hacked off. and Good times. Yeah. Yeah, like, this is one of those, uh, what a sword and sorcery film should be. Like, you know, we get a lot of the uh, 
more dolled up versions of these types of films now that are treated more as like long epics that don't really focus on like the violence. Like, yeah, you're using swords, but you don't see like the blood or the wounds that would be caused by sword fighting where in this you do just like a lot of these older films. But this one, like it's done in like such a high production val- uh, budget that it just it really shows really well. I think it's irresponsible filmmaking to show violence without consequences. Like these PG-13 movies where a hundred fucking people get gunned down and there's not a drop of blood and there's no... Yeah. Like that just, it makes, I don't know, it makes violence look too easy and without consequence or whatever. It is easy. Uh, (laughs) Yes, it is easy. Yeah, that's why I'm going to be murdering you in your sleep tonight. (laughs) So I would give Conan... A 9.5. I was almost waiting for a 10 on that one. Woo. 9.5. Yep. How about you, Tim? Uh, I'm going to give it a 8.38 because that's just fun. I'm going to do that. What a dick. <laughs> uh, yeah, for me, this is uh, the quintessential sword and sorcery film. Like, I still think Excalibur, after watching it once, is still my favorite, but this is right up there. I am gonna give this a nine out of ten. Yeah, this was a lot of lot of good movie. I, I've always enjoyed this movie. I watched it a long time ago on some crappy television version. Yep, I watched it on VHS in my stepdad's movie collection. Now I actually own that VHS. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I'm sure it was nice to see it in uh, sixty inch 1080 glory. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I got I ended up as soon as we figured out which movies we were gonna cover, I grabbed both these movies off Amazon right away and. Got a, like couldn't find Conquest on Blu-ray, but no, it's not on Blue yet. I don't think. But yeah, I grabbed uh, Conan and Conan the Destroyer in a two-pack together on Blu-ray, and I was like, "Yay! All right, I'm happy." Yay! <laughs> but yeah, uh, I guess we can just jump right into Conquest. All right, woo! One, one, must face evil. Some men retreat and take shelter. Others hold their ground and fight back even at the cost of their lives. Thanks! I've come back! I'm not afraid! sons ago, fought with this bow and drove back the terrible creatures that invaded our land. And when he ran out of arrows, the sun suddenly dropped from the sky and entered his bow in a ray of glory, shooting out a deadly hail of flaming arrows at all of his enemies. Evil weapon, fly in air and kill from far, far. Weapon fly like wind, fast. Who is he? Never see before. Young, dangerous. Capture the stranger, Fargo. Who are you? 
My enemies call me Makes. And your friends? I don't have any friends. So why did you save my life? If you don't stop the Wanderers, or I'm doomed. He won't go much further. I promise. Get down! I've come to avenge my friends. Today the sun will rise without you, Ogren. The second film for the Swords and Sorcery episode tonight is Lucio Fulci's 1983 Cheese Fest Conquest. Oh. Cheese Fest is right. Fucking <laughs> This is like basically Smoke Machine and Synthwave the movie. So much mist. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you say there was more mist than in this film than there is in the actual <laughs> in, film The Mist? The mist. <laughs> it's the mistiest film of all time. This one's super fun, goofy time, uh... Not you can't really call it a sword and sorcery movie because it's like Stone Age and nobody has a fucking sword. But and everyone's surprised and shocked with a bow and arrow. Yeah, what is this thing? Oh my god, <laughs> crazy! It's funny that the handle of the bow looks like a lightsaber and it like glows like lasers and stuff. Yeah, and it shoots laser beams and it goes. No, wait, it doesn't do that. Doesn't close enough? But... Are we gonna Might get sued well. now? Probably. Watch it's out. all right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, this movie, holy shit. Uh, Super goofy. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, we got the cool score that unfortunately gets used way too much. Claudio Simonetti of Goblin. They get down with that music. But, yeah, there's just, like, this one particular score that gets used in every single scene. Honestly, a lot of this, of Simonetti's score is very reminiscent of the Flash Gordon score. Oh, yeah, you were saying that earlier. From what I... Like heard, this movie's yeah. got some interesting things that happen in it. Um, yeah, I like the the weird wolf guy monsters. Oh, the wolf! Oh, the they wolf like wolf they pull guys. that lady yeah. in half, and that that little wishbone scene. Yeah. Like everybody talks about the wishbone scenes in Cut and Run and Burning Moon, and like, but that was pretty Demonia, pretty. another Fulci film. But that one, this the one in Conquest deserves more. More love because it's it makes you cringe. Yeah, at all. <laughs> like this has the uh, the reason the god he's named Godfather Gore. He still carries the gore into this. Oh yeah, sword and yeah. sandal, sword and sorcery, whatever you want to call this type of film. That's the thing about Fulci. Like even when he was working outside of the horror genre, like Contraband, his crime movie, and For the Apocalypse, his western, those are both gory. Yeah. Especially Contraband. Contraband is gory as fuck. We'll have to watch those sometime, because I've never seen them. <clears throat> this one features right. a lot of Fulci's common tropes, a lot of close-ups on eyes and uh, animal stuff. 
kind of a gothic Those birds man <laughs> kind of a gothic feeling to it even though it's not really a horror movie like all of the mist and stuff gives it like a bit of a gothic so much feel mist. Lots. but like, you yeah. can almost see the fog machines like just churning them out yeah it has the uh another uh faulty kind of nod and that is like the whole uh fake animals being used right. in scenes like yeah, those fake birds, birds fake real. dolphins like and they are just so <laughs> ridiculous looking <laughs> he does have dolphins. he does have a habit of having some fake like bad fake animal stuff which you know I give him credit cuz at least he's not like a lot of the other Italian directors that actually just killed animals like in real life right. on screen true he, oh he did some animal killing he kills a snake in uh Manhattan baby oh does he yeah fuck that snake but yeah, <laughs> this has some really cheesy effects. Uh, the he villainous... kills a snake in this movie. The dude like shoots the snake with the arrow. Uh, Was that a real snake though? Probably. I think so. Who knows? Oh, I did not. At know. the very beginning, where the the girl's like in the stream and she doesn't see the snake creeping up on her. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess so. Hmm. Yeah, you got this weird, over the top villainous. Uh, Villainess, uh, this woman wearing a golden oh, mask. That's the naked, topless. yeah, she's <laughs> naked, like painted gold, and it's weird. The gold having sex with a giant snake almost. After and... they blow coke in each other's noses, which is weird. That's yeah, not how you do that. the werewolf dudes are like blowing. It's well, I forget which. There's an Amazonian tribe that does their drug like that. They like use these long straws to blow whatever up each other's noses. I I, yeah. I kind of vaguely remember I hearing about that. That was like a nod to that. Yeah, I'm like Metalocalypse that. makes a joke about it too. Maybe that's where I like I'm having a recollection of it. But yeah, she's just uh, cheesy and like she gets a prophetic vision. I think it is of the main character killing her with the bow. Right. right and yeah. since then, she just freaks out and starts worrying about her own safety. So she's having people going out and trying to kill this wanderer. That's another one of the cool gore gags and. Uh, the movie when she is like envisioning her own death and sh- she gets her chest blasted out with the arrow. Yeah, yeah. Well, there, there, there's a, a lot of decent gore scenes in there. Yeah, like some of the effects are interesting. Like when she's having those visions, the wanderer shows up, but he has like literally no face. Right, it's like this weird smooth, because she doesn't like, know mask. what he looks like. Yeah. yeah, and that that is that's a kind of a, a neat touch, like to know that your enemy is coming for you, but not know what he looks like or whatever. Right. And, uh, but yeah, like the acting in this is, you know, it's dubbed, so it's, uh, gonna be cheesy. And it's, uh, almost has like this bromance going on with oh, the yeah. main character, oh, Elias and Mace. <laughs> yeah. Those two. They're yeah. buddies for sure. Mace and Dylan, or Ace and Dylan. <laughs> Ace and Dylan. Uh, but yeah, like they, the silly, uh, bromance between them throughout the whole thing, cause, uh, which is the guy with the nunchucks? What's his name? Mace. Mace, Mace has like some type stone of weird nunchucks. Yeah, stone yeah. nunchucks, and he has like a weird connection to animals. Well, he's just a weird guy. Not, he doesn't seem like a very nice dude. Just like no, he just like, like shoots some yeah. random guy with the bow. He's like, let me try out your bow, and he just like shoots some old dude in <laughs> yeah. the chest and for no takes reason. His pig. Yeah. Like, Here, now we have that. food. That was friendly. And then, like later on, he's all upset when that the queen lady sends her wolf dudes to like kill all of his friends in the cave or whatever. Yeah. Like what? You just killed some random dude. Yeah. But it's called was, empathy mace. But he was banging that chick. So yeah, that's why he was sad. He was like, there yeah. goes my she short was banging, thing. All right. It's yeah. funny how that chick was like kind of made to look like Daryl Hannah from clan of the cave bear. 
You're just rolling some mud. Kind of did, didn't she? Wow. Even the makeup, like the white and the red makeup. I think that movie pre. Let me check really quick. Rolling the mud. Randy's looking shit up on Google. Planet of the Cave Bear. So, Scott, how's it going? Shut up. <laughs> 86, I guess that movie was. So, it's just a coincidence then. But, like, yeah, the makeup is. Maybe, kind of, maybe they well, stole it. Maybe it was the other way around. They watched Conquest and were like, this movie fucking sucks. Oh, Nobody yeah. noticed. Wow. Except in Conquest, the black was red. Yeah. And there was no red in the middle. Conquest. Yeah, like, this, uh, this film, like. I've watched it now two and a half times because you came over to watch it tonight and Tim and I watched it last night to right. prep again. I've watched it three times. Yeah, he watched it all the way through three times. Well, to be honest, we fast forwarded through it yet last night and just didn't listen. We were just kind of just fast forwarding just to get scenes because we're like, okay, we've already seen this once and right. this is ridiculous at some points. It is. The story makes really no fucking sense i mean it's oh no i mean the plot of a lot of fulci movies is kind of just yeah i i figured this one might have more thing. of a story because it was you know not a weird like surrealistic horror film like he's known to do nope. but nope nope this one's just as bizarre as the other films he's done you gotta like extrapolate a story from it and even then you're probably wrong yeah because it has weird like <laughs> weird uh Web covered creatures with oh, yeah. bright green eyes, the bog make, monster thing, yeah, like, with the screeching and the like. Oh no, got, those were the different. Oh, those ones up in the rocks, yeah, they're blending. I was in. thinking of like the weird bog zombies. Yeah, I was thinking too. of those too, and like it's got some cool like elements. Like each you know area has like its own type of creatures, monster creature. monsters, yeah. monsters. But they uh. No, it has cool effects outside of gore too. Like when you kill the bog zombies, their blood looks like poop. <laughs> yeah. and then when Ilias gets like the weird poison quill thing oh, yeah. yeah the pustule is like bubbling covered in boils that's or whatever. a little grody yeah it's super gross looks like the the wound ooze that comes out of mama and dead alive yeah mum and uh even the costumes are pretty cool too like uh what was that guy's name? Zaraxes or oh, the, yeah, the, uh, the guy that was wearing the weird plate, mail yeah, like it was like gown plate, thing. Yeah, the whole head was pl- pieces of metal plate, and then the He's gown like, was pieces of metal yeah. plate all like, the way I'm down. Get some fondle my armor. Like, yeah, his character was pretty cool. Yeah, like he, he shot those crazy cool black arrows at people. Oh <laughs> yeah, so just like launching of a thousand arrows over the people. <laughs> so cheesy. He's like, I can't aim low, so everybody duck. It's funny that he could do that, but then everybody else. In the movie, was, was flabbergasted by, by the bow and arrow. Yeah, like oh, he has a weapon that uh, hits you from a distance, just like this guy that we pal around with that can shoot fifty of them. Yeah, where the magical bow can shoot about six arrows in different directions. This guy can shoot like fifty of them, but no one seems yeah. to be shot. Magical the lightsaber bow. bow. That can shoot through brick and stone, and oh, it's cool. It's cool, but yeah, it's yeah. super cool when he shoots the the spider webby thing through the the boulder. And you hole. see the green yeah. ooze coming out of its wound and it's like, oozing oh, wound. Yeah, fuck it. That's a good band. Good one. Oozing wound, and uh, yeah, even the like the ending uh, where oh, she yeah. he shoots the 
female villainess and her mask breaks off and yeah, all of a sudden she's, she's a old. weird fucked up zombie that and all of a sudden can't speak and can't just growling. Now. It's like, um, <clears throat> Spoiler alert, I think it's cool that they kill Ilias and that Mace like, <laughs> chops his head right off. Yeah. Yeah, like, that I did not expect. When killing I, the hero of your movie is a pretty cool thing to do. Yeah, they killed Dylan and Ace was like, no. <laughs> Dylan and Ace. I <laughs> Ace and Gary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the ambiguously gay duo. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, this movie was just bonkers. Uh, had its fun moments, but there were also some really long, drawn-out scenes that I think they just used for filler. Yeah, I mean, it's not one of Fulci's best movies. It's like middle-of-the-road, middle-of-the-road Fulci, but it's still, it's like an underrated one and an underappreciated one, in my opinion. I, I was entertained by it. I had a lot of what-the-fuck moments, like, whoa, the first time I watched it especially. Well, that's just kind of 70s and 80s Italian cinema in a nutshell. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, like, I, you know, I, I'm, I've gotten into quite a few of Fulci's films, but I had never even heard of this one until you brought it up, and I, I'm glad I bought it. I don't know how often I'll re-watch it, though. I pretty much, I, I own, like, 20 Fulci movies, and I think I watch all of them annually. Do you really? Wow. I know, like, Fauci's, like, one of your all-time favorites. Oh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> sure it was, farty. Well, yeah, this... I guess we can go into ratings, because, yeah, we pretty much are starting to talk circles now. Who's... what? Oh. That's such a good song, damn it. Oh. <laughs> There's the one where it's like... <laughs> <laughs> It'll get stuck in your head. The score, it wasn't just, like, there was kind of, it had kind of a an electronic industrial feel to it at, at points, too. For its time. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just, like, synth-driven. A lot of it was kind of noisy or ambient or whatever. Yeah, there so. was some weird shit. And it was, music was mixed loud, so if you have it on a loud system, it was just like, whoa. Super bassy. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's starting numbers. to drown things out. <laughs> yeah. Tim. What would you give this? I'm curious. Oh, well, this was fun for me. I enjoy stuff like this. Entertaining. Wasn't great, but what is these days, right? <laughs> uh, seven and a half. Wow, all right. I didn't expect you to go that high. Well, after watching it a couple more times, I hate to say it, it got a little better. I hate that when that happens. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm sitting at about a seven out of ten with this one. Seven and a half for me. Yeah, so we're all have, pretty close. Yeah, Randy and I are actually on the same number. That's weird. Never happens. Yeah, so I think that, like, <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't. Before <laughs> I watched it for this, I would have probably given it a seven, but it's crept up a little bit. Like, just some of the gore gags are really cool, and it's it's really endearing in a lot of ways. And I just I love Fulci so much. So yeah, there there's still a lot of Fulci that I have not seen, but like I've been slowly filling in those gaps, like here and there. And I'm looking forward to doing more of his films down the road. I'm pretty excited for our next episode. I bet you yeah. are. People that pay attention to the Facebook page may have noticed that I power watched all of the Showa and Heisei and Millennium Era Godzilla films. And that's what we're doing next. Yep, we're doing Godzilla. Godzilla. I feel like we should probably do like... I don't know, make it like a double episode. Oh, man, he wants Dude. to go deep. Well, I kind of do want to do like what I did 
with this episode where I prep and watch a ton of the Godzilla right. films. So I kind of wanted like be able to like have more time to watch a lot of these. Maybe okay. each one of us should pick a main Godzilla film and then just watch as many of the other ones as we want from now on. Yeah, we could then. cover three. Yeah, well... Yeah, that's not a bad Are you in special? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Our Godzilla Christmas, or Kaiju Christmas, if you will. Godzilla. I already know for sure that I'll be picking All Out Monsters Attack from the Millennium Era. All right. Um, I was almost like, Godzilla vs. Hedorah is my favorite, and I'd really like to do that one, but I think I'm going to go with All Out Monsters Attack. And I'm still debating on mine, but I'm thinking I might go with, uh, or maybe it's called giant all out. Monsters yeah. Attack. I don't know. I haven't thought about it yet. So Scott and I will Godzilla go, go, go Godzilla. Are we? Oh, is it? Yeah, we're, we're oh. going. Yeah. With Godzilla. Sure. Yeah. So I'm going to do giant monsters all out attack. Tim's going to do 85 Godzilla 85. I don't know why I picked it because I just was like, yeah, the eighties woo or something. Yeah. So. It's good. You're, I remember it. Scott's going to do Godzilla versus Hedorah. I am actually. Yeah. Oh, all right. But we're probably going to watch even more than that and talk yeah, about I'm, more than that. So. I watched yeah. like 20 of them last time and Prepare. maybe I'll just fucking do the same thing this time. You yeah. can't tell me what to do. I thought about being do a it. dick and picking one of the new movies, but <sighs> I don't want to fuck Randy. I will stab you. Yeah, because yeah, I, I got about 17 of these Godzilla films, so I'll definitely be diving in because there's a few of mine. Like I was telling uh, Randy, I've seen a ton of these as a kid, and a few of them as an adult, but a lot of them, I do not remember which ones they were that i seen. I, the only one I really remember is uh, Godzilla and his son in uh, Monster Island, or whatever Ooh, that one was, that where he's fighting fun. like a spider. All Monsters Attack. Yeah. Oh, is that giant All Monsters Attack? No, it's oh. that's, that's uh, the movie. That's All Monsters Attack, not... Giant monsters all out attack. Okay, so it's yeah, that, okay, that's gotcha. the difference. So get ready for big old lizards and and, and terrible dubbing. Kaiju. Yeah, dubbing or hopefully subtitles. If you don't watch it with subtitles, you need to learn how to read. But that is another story. <laughs> before we leave, I want to give our plugs. Uh, He's gonna put his butt plugs in. Butt and well, hair. first I want to give a shout out to. The Celtic Myths and Legends podcast with our friend Sean Esther Powell. Yay, Sean. She does a solo podcast where she just dives deep into the myths and legends of Celtic lore, and it is really, really insightful. Man, solo's got to be tough work. Yeah, she does all this by herself in her bedroom. and It's I, very entertaining and informative. Yeah, I give her a lot of props, and so if you are interested at all in Celtic myth or legends, Go check out this podcast. It is really, really well done. Um, but then, yeah, you can check us out on Facebook. We're at the podcast by the cemetery. We got a Facebook group. Cemetery. Uh, I've been a little more active on, uh, on Twitter, Twitter lately, so you can Twitter. check us out at Podcast Cemetery. Uh, you can email us at the podcast by the cemetery at gmail.com and check us out on Legion Podcast Networks. Uh, we're now we're a proud member of that family now and we've uh been on there for going on four months now. So yeah, yeah. Like, what, four two, months and one episode. Yeah, I was say, pretty two much. episodes. What? Yeah. <laughs> the way we've been going. All right. So happy new year everybody and uh... quality, not quantity. <laughs> yep. 
But yeah, hopefully this will be our kaiju Christmas episode. Yep, so uh, coming up with lizards. Yes, so when Santa Lizard comes down that chimney to breathe fire on your face, you you deserved it. Is it fire? It's atomic breath. Yeah, I thought, I don't know. We'll we'll discuss this at a later date. It just, it really depends on (laughs) (laughs) you. All right, so. And on that note. Last one out closes the coffin door. See ya. Yeah.